welcome to Telling the Tale. Y'all, we're back. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and it's been a good month off, and I'm uh, excited to molt my crinkly feathers? <laughs> and, uh, and Maybe we'll do a it. take two on this. Yeah, admit, no. We're rusty, we're rusty. And that person that just insulted my take one is <laughs> Dustin Jackson. How are you doing, Dustin? Hey, am I looking forward to talking about this game? You bet Jurassic. <laughs> wow, I couldn't have possibly. <laughs> couldn't have possibly <laughs> guessed that one. Uh, so, Dustin, we took a month off. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I think the month off was your suggestion, but in retrospect, I think I really appreciated it as well. Uh, not only, yeah, you know, we've been we've been doing these nonstop. Might as well get a little uh, little holiday break in there. Yeah, definitely. Not only did it allow us to do uh, Christmas and New Year's, but also just sort of shake off this calcified numbness to the Telltale formula. Uh, exactly, we've been we playing these nonstop. <laughs> yeah, and both of us are. More than average, I would say, and correct me if you don't feel like this is true for you, Dustin. We are more than average into point-and-click adventure games. So for this to happen no, I to totally us, agree. It, it's you know, it's it, it's significant. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I love point-and-clicks, but this is the only time I've ever had to play one every week for <laughs> almost a year. Yeah. Um, after this point in Telltale's history, and by this point, I do mean between. Back to the Future, and Jurassic Park the game. Uh, they Telltale games, I think, get a lot breezier. Breezier is the word I want to use. Uh, mm-hmm. Where you... Sometimes there is there are challenges involved. Sometimes there is some level of difficulty. But for the, the most part, if it takes two hours, it will take you two hours. You don't need to um, like bang your head against the wall at any point, right? Yeah. They're they're less puzzle focused and more story focused, which means keeping it breezy, keeping it moving. Yeah, so I think after this point, we should. I don't know how numb we'll get to that. I think we'll get numb to it in terms of not liking it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I th- I don't think we'll get numb in terms of like, well, I can't do this. I can't, you know, basically watch a movie in a week. That'll be that'll be easy enough to do. Yeah, none of. I, I assume, I mean, I've only played a handful of modern Telltale games, like after they switched over to this sort of format. So I am very interested because the ones I have played, I like a lot. I mean, uh, well, some of them uh, after this game. But uh, yeah, what I've played, because I've played Walking Dead seasons one through three, and I like those games quite a bit. Um, but I think those are the only ones. I've never played like... The Wolf Among uh, Us? Wolf Among Us, Batman. I've I've just never played any of the ones that molded themselves after Walking Dead. So I uh, did play the first season of Batman. You did play it? I did, yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, and I played one episode each of The Walking Dead and Minecraft. Oh, okay. And uh, that is it. I'm pretty awesome. sure that's it. Um. I, I want to let you know I'm very much looking forward to getting to The Walking Dead because I feel like season one of Walking Dead, I would put up there with like season three of Sam and Max, Tales of Monkey Island, um, 
Yeah, I, well, it's definitely I would their put it up there. Best critically yeah. received game ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like we're getting ahead of ourselves. Walking Dead isn't this week, but uh, it right. does kind of <laughs> tie into this week's game. Yeah, which uh, we'll get to in a second. But I do want to yeah. talk first. Dustin, how'd you spend your month? Anything cool happen? Nah. <laughs> no it was fun you know just the usual hanging out playing other games for once yeah what'd you um, play well i think we've both been playing uh pokemon legends arceus uh correct me if i'm wrong on that yeah yeah we have yeah i don't i was gonna say i don't think i'm wrong considering we just discussed it beforehand but yeah um, <laughs> how are you feeling about it uh it's the game i want to be talking about right now yeah, <laughs> Def- I would much rather be. Last night, I plowed through the last two episodes of Jurassic Park, and maybe maybe my attitude soured me on them more than they would have otherwise had Arceus not come out. Yeah, but- I knew that would happen because uh, <laughs> I was getting really excited. I'm a big Pokemon fan, um, which usually means mad at Pokemon, but in <laughs> in this particular case, I was I was I'm really excited about this game. And uh, in retrospect, having played it, I'm still excited that this game exists. But I knew that if I uh, didn't finish Jurassic Park before I started playing Pokemon Legends Arceus, it would be a problem. Uh, (laughs) And uh, so I... The day Arceus came out, I only had one more episode of this game to finish. uh, Which I guess spoils a little bit uh, that you might have noticed if you read the title of this episode, which I'm not sure what I will call it, but uh, we played all of Jurassic Park. We're gonna we're gonna talk about all four episodes today. We're not doing one podcast episode per episode of the game because uh, because of circumstances. We'll get to we'll get to when we get to it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Arceus is pretty damn good. That game's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It, it, it has some little annoyances, uh, lots of characters that don't shut up and let me do what I want. But um, the actual gameplay of it, I think, is wonderful. I'm having a great time. It's just it's just a, a joyful thing to be joyful about games. Anything else you play this this month? Any anything else to get up to? Uh, Banjo Kazooie that oh, went up yeah, on Switch that Online. Happened. That was fun. Uh, I played it online with a friend of mine, but that's about it. Yeah, if you don't know Dustin and I from just knowing us, uh, we are huge fans of Banjo-Kazooie. It's it's maybe our favorite video game series of all time, uh, which is how we knew each other as well. Yeah. Um, I And it's been love ever since. I played both those games, and I uh, I started a job... And I did the holidays. I did feel like it was actually a pretty big month. Um, yeah, you had a lot going on. I did. Um, but hey, you know what? I also played Jurassic Park the game. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll just come out and say it. This game I don't think was very good, but I feel like I could have hated it more. So Jurassic Park the Game was a Telltale game released on November 15th, 2011, uh, which is about, it's nearly exactly one year after the first episode of Back to the Future came out. They were going to be more back-to-back, but there were delays with Jurassic Park for like a while, and it seemed like, from an outside observer, based on what Telltale was posting on their website, uh, that they were going through some serious development troubles. And, um, 
later on, uh, still before the game came out, but pretty late in the hype cycle for it, it was announced only then that it would be releasing as one more traditional retail package with all of the episodes in at once. You can't pay episode per episode. They weren't going to release episode per episode. Uh, It was just all at once as if to, to sort of just try to get it all out there. I didn't actually know that until we started playing this game and researching. I thought it was released normally. I, I don't do you, remember this. Why do you think they released it the way they did? Uh, well, not, not to be too critical up front before we actually have talked about it, but I do think that maybe it was a confidence issue. Um, I could see that. Yeah, where like if you if you put out the first episode... And people are like, well, I didn't like that. Then you're stuck producing three more episodes that are not going to get uh, the same kind of attention and hype and everything. So I, I mm-hmm. could... And, and like, the, it, releasing a game is an expensive, difficult process. So, um, you know, sending those three after the episode one out to maybe die would be would be rough. Um, I could, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's my... That's my hypothesis. Uh, but clearly they I, weren't I so right. down on it that they gave up on the format because they didn't give up on the format. Yeah, I mean, this would go on to influence basically every Telltale game afterwards. And I, I think it's good that they did it because it is a good formula. It's just this feels like a prototype to everything that would come after. I, I will say that I don't know if I think it's a good or bad formula. I think it's sort of just a mm-hmm. neutral formula that it it won't destroy a game idea and it won't carry it either. Uh, it's yeah. it's an entirely yeah. narrative focused thing. So like if your narrative is good, then you have a good game, and if your narrative isn't, it, you don't. Can I can I say one thought I have on the game before I forget? I I think I have it down my notes, but it's just on the tip of my tongue, raring to come out. Yeah, do it. Say um, it. I think even though I I enjoyed Back to the Future more than Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park feels like a more ambitious, bigger game and story. Yeah. Like like Back to the Future it's them following on to uh this you know, it's basically a traditional point and click adventure game, which is great, but it you know, we've had so many of those and it it does it all right. It, but Jurassic Park, I feel like, is kind of a mess. It's it's kind of... The way I described it was, it's both stressful and dull at the same time, sometimes. <laughs> but I feel like at the end of the day, I might appreciate it more. I might give it more points in Back to the Future. Just because, like, both story-wise and what they're doing with the gameplay, it feels like a bigger step. Yeah, it. it I mean, it clearly is. They haven't done anything quite like this before. Um, I th- it's worth bringing up the Universal agreement that they had. Mm-hmm. They were talking with Universal Licensing, and Universal Licensing, someone there was really impressed with Telltale's stuff. At that point, that would have included the three seasons of Sam and Max. Um, I think, I, I think the third season I was already out for discussion. Uh, Tales from Monkey Island or Tales of Monkey Island. Um, strong bad, all that kind of stuff, and that's what uh, convinced Universal that hey, we should let these uh, th- this relatively small game 
developer uh, tackle some of our properties and see what happens because they have done fairly small things so far but they've been very uh, faithful to the source material and that would be a very interesting thing what if we gave them back to the future and jurassic park and i think law and order was part of that too i might have that wrong but i i think it was those three um and rather than just like okay this massive company likes our sam and max type stuff let's do that rather than that it was like let's use this as a springboard for innovation and experimentation within our game format uh, in a really big way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, this could have been safe. And I think if it was safe, it, it could have been, you know, one of the ones people talk about. But it, it was it, it was very experiment, uh, experimental. I think it being experimental stops me from really disliking it. <laughs> I think that's Cause, true. Cause yeah. Overall, I, I did feel like I did not have the greatest time with this game, but it is just cool. It is cool seeing him try something different. Uh, and it doesn't... It, it's a mess. It, it's kind of like Monsters U, Monsters University. Huh. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know how Sully, Sully, he's like the star scarer. He does a great job, but in it's just the same old scare every time. And then, and then Mike Wazowski, the little eyeball man, he he can't scare. He does a bad job. He sucks. But he knows all the ins and outs, and he's trying harder. That is how I would describe Jurassic Park and Back to the Future. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so which one's which? Sully is Back to the Future, where he does a great job, but it, it's just the same old thing. Okay. Uh, it's not very ambitious, and then Jurassic Park is Mike Wazowski, who is very ambitious, but he sucks at it. He it's bad. It does a bad job. Um, but it's a little it's a little more impressive, I think. Huh. Well, that's an interesting take. Yeah, <laughs> it it just came to me. This was not prepared. <laughs> uh, he's frantically crumpling up all the papers where he wrote out this <laughs> metaphor ahead of time and and shredding them. <laughs> So Sully equals Back to the Future, and uh, Sam and Max is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sam and Max is like Randall. and <laughs> I don't know why they would be Randall. Yeah, and But he's the, only, he's the only other character. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. They're the other two characters, so it works. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's, let's talk about what made our decision the thing it was to... Okay. Uh, to handle all of these episodes in one episode of a podcast rather than spread them out across four weeks, which would normally be our process. Yes. Uh, so why did we do that? There's not a whole lot here to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So the story week after week, I think we could have gotten into, yeah. um, but so much of what we talk about on this podcast is, is the story, but also things like, um, aesthetics and mechanics and how puzzles work and things like that and uh all of that is is very uh very much the same across each episode of this game and i believe if i remember correctly i tried to look for this article couldn't find anything i i might have made it up a little bit but 
<laughs> I remember around the time this game came out, Telltale was explaining their their shift in mechanics for Jurassic Park and why they did it. And they basically said something to the effect of, well, Back to the Future, the way that Marty McFly solves all of his problems are very similar to how our past game protagonists solve their problems. It's a lot of, like, uh, lateral thinking and moving one item to another and stuff like that, doing that kind of thing. Uh, whereas Jurassic Park really isn't about solving mysteries or fixing problems. It's it's a survival thing, and it requires a different a, um, attitude to that to the mechanics. It, it requires a different thought process there. So right. they replaced a lot of the get item, use item on other thing, conversation trees, although there are some conversation trees. They're not like that big of a thing in this game. They replaced a lot of that normal point-and-click adventure stuff with quick-time events, which, if you haven't heard the phrase, is a game design term for when something's happening on screen and it's being represented with you having to press a button at the right time, and you don't really have control over a character or control over an action. You just need to press the button at the at the right time, and that's it. Right, and I, I don't think... On their own, I don't think quick time events as a whole are a bad thing. They're a way you can pull off uh, certain things. But when, like, 90% of your game is that, <laughs> it's not my favorite. Yeah, I would say 90 is a bit of an exaggeration. But honestly, oh, not well. as much as you'd think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, I, I want to say 15% is conversation trees. 40%... Is quick time animations. Um, thirty percent is like, uh, CSI esque investigations of the environment, looking around for stuff and trying to solve environmental puzzles, and those feel the most like old school Telltale of everything in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, what percentage did I put us at just now? Eighty five. Uh, Eighty five. Then it's another 15% of it, and... It's the whipped cream on top. It's the whipped cream on top. Sometimes... Well, honestly, <laughs> it, a lot of... The, maybe more than that 15% that I allocated at the end is just watching. It, it like... Uh, um, cutscenes. Very, it's very cutscene heavy. It's all in-engine, uh, so it's... I wouldn't... I, I, they're not pre-rendered cutscenes. They're all happening in-engine. They, they, uh, the characters are really moving around the space. Uh, but there is that they, they have taken away interactivity at those points, uh, and a lot of that is because I think a game where you are systemically running away from dinosaurs in the way that this game tries to frame running away from di- dinosaurs, but like imagine a game that does this, but it's like an action adventure or an action game. And you're you're physically moving your characters around trying to run away from dinosaurs, and you're trying mm-hmm. to keep the scenarios as interesting as this game at least. I think that game might be impossible to make. Yeah, I think it, it's too. There would be too many verbs of like crawl over this thing, duck under this thing, uh, too, too many action verbs. Maybe it's possible. I'd love to see it. I don't really have an idea for how I would tackle that, but. Uh, 
to this day, this game is like the only game that tries it in three-dimensional space to the degree that it tries it. It's just that it is largely non-interactive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it, it was at this point in video game history as well, around 2011, where arguments about walking simulators start started showing up. This is not a walking simulator, but I think it is related to that in in, in just uh, just in terms of the argument of like maybe games maybe it's a game thing that doesn't have to be interactive as much and that's still like fine as a product. Maybe it's not a game like we call it games. Maybe it is a game and games are just a bigger category than we thought. Uh, where do you fall on that conversation? Uh, I don't know. I never really thought about it. Um, no, I think it's fine. I think it's totally fine to get a game where the interactivity is like less than your average game and the focus is more on the story. I would still call that a game. I would still call that a game that's worthy of being played if that's what you're into. Um, I think the, I guess the definition of game can just be stretched a little bit. It can just be a vehicle to push a story. Which we will, which at this point we're kind of familiar with, but I think going ahead we're going to become very familiar with. Yeah, my my take has always been that if movies are fine to exist and games are fine to exist, it seems strange that a game that's very movie-like is bad because of that. Yeah. Um, because mm. it's just a product that's in the middle, It it you can judge it on its own. That said, uh, games have always been much dearer to me than movies, so um, I gravitate toward them—the ones that are more gamey. But it's—it's not—it's not important. Jurassic Park, <laughs> um, really though, really, really, really loves quick time events, and I think this is uh, a worse thing now than it was at the time, because yes. now quick time events are so associated in conversation with accessibility Mm -hmm. it it feels like taking something that um a a a physically disabled person who has uh, difficulty manipulating a controller in the typical way or or difficulty with uh timing their movements in a very precise way it's the kind of game that they would absolutely be able to play through except for these quick time events um and a lot of uh, the later Telltale games will actually adjust for that. They'll have options in the menu that can turn them off. Turn off the quick time events? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I think, like, the, the, the one in my head right now is Batman. I think Batman does it. And it basically turns off quick time events. So you watch them happen. You, you see what would have ha- happened from them, but you don't, um, you don't participate in them at all. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. And then some of them are like, instead of mashing, just hold it. Uh, like, there, there's like half accessibility measures as well, which are nice to set it exactly for where you need it. Uh, that stuff's mm. cool, and I think it's worth noting. Um, but as Jurassic Park is the, the the first attempt at a lot of this, there's um, pretty much no accessibility uh, options other than, like, subtitles. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it, it's uh, it's a shame, but it's also I, I kind of get it as their first attempt at the thing. 
Here's here's a question for you, Mitch. Did you play this game with a keyboard or a controller? So I played this game with a keyboard and mouse. I I did as well. And boy, let me tell you, these some of these quick time events, overall it was fine, but there was a good chunk of them where I was like, I bet this would not be as hard if I was using a controller. Yeah, I felt that too. And I think part of it is just we've been trained so specifically on pressing buttons with the right hand and movement with the left hand. And mm-hmm. keyboard and mouse are different. So when something is very like timing based, I don't really want to use the thing that I'm less acquainted with for playing games uh, because I'm yeah. definitely more of a controller person in general. Same. I I just wonder, because I feel like some of these quick time events were, uh, I, I don't want to sound like a little baby, but I feel like some of these, I was like, how, how was I supposed to get that in time? Some of them just felt like they went way too fast for my fingers on a keyboard, but I feel like I would have gotten them easier if I had like a control stick like usually it's the ones where you have to press uh a directional button or uh wasd keys um yeah i I felt like there was multiple times where i i just couldn't press it fast enough and it was like well you die now sorry yeah there was some that weren't fast enough but i think another problem with it is just the ui is not great so sometimes mm-hmm. I'm pressing it at way ahead of time because it looks like the, the way it looks for listeners yeah, who are, uh-huh. haven't played the game, it, it's a green circle closing in on another circle that has the direction key that you're supposed to press on it. Uh, so right. it'll say it, it'll basically look like uh, the green circle is pressing in on an, a right arrow. And when the circle connects with the other circle, you press the right arrow. Um, but really what it is, is the green circle is supposed to like sink into the inner circle not right when it matches up if you press it right when it matches up you're actually too early yeah they do a bad job of explaining it and i finally got it after a while like i figured out okay so you gotta wait until after it goes in but even then sometimes it'd be like uh you did it a millisecond too slow sorry you fuck up yeah this is definitely a problem with the ui um and i I believe that as early as the very next Telltale game that uses this formula, uh, the UI is much better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we get into each episode? Um, talk we about the, shall, the We the, might the as well. We're here. Yeah, we're a half yeah. hour in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <we're laughs> so there's we're four, a couple of guys talking about Jurassic Park. There's four episodes of Jurassic Park. There's episode one, The Intruder. Episode two, The Cavalry. Episode three, The Depths. And episode four, The Survivors. Uh, a, a fun name scheme. A, a very um, horror movie feeling name scheme. Um before we talk about the story, and I I understand that I did just say we'll talk about the episodes. <laughs> Let's talk about Jurassic Park. Okay. Uh, I watched the original trilogy of Jurassic Park movies before this game. And it was my first time seeing the, the second of those two in the trilogy. And it was the first time in a long time that I saw the first one. Uh, did you watch the movies at all for this? No. Cool. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I know I wanted to. I was just busy. I had a lot of stuff going on, a lot of work, so I never got around to it, unfortunately. But I have seen the first one. It's been a long time, but I remembered the basic gist. Yeah, this game only touches on the first one and a little bit of, like, references to number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mostly does not 
bother with either Lost World or Jurassic Park 3. Um, and oh Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and honestly, I feel like uh, there's only like a couple instances where you like really need to know the first one. I like, like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen the first one, but I still followed it uh, perfectly fine. There's some, there's some stuff in there, but if, if you haven't watched the first movie and for some reason want to play the game, don't, don't feel like you absolutely have to, but I would actually not say that. Okay, never mind. Uh, well, no, no, no. I, I, I think that's interesting because the, so the, this game is like a branch off narrative of the story of Nedry, uh, from mm. the movie. So Nedry is the guy who plays Newman in Seinfeld, uh, and his thing in the movie was that he was going to get a bunch of the dinosaur embryos from Jurassic Park, store them in a Barbasol can. And transport them off the island in secret and get a huge payout from like a, a, a competitor dinosaur reviving industry. <laughs> There's multiple companies <laughs> that are trying We're to gonna be the dinosaurs. number one name in dinosaur revival. Yeah, they're, they're gonna really make it big being the second people to revive dinosaurs. I guess they would. I mean, no one else is... Like, even if you're second, you're still bringing back dinosaurs. You would still probably be a big deal. Yeah, but there's... InGen is the company that is making Jurassic Park. They're being so secretive about it that uh, Laura Dern and Sam Neill's character in the first movie are dinosaur researchers. They're they're, uh, paleontologists, and they don't know about it. Like, it's so secretive. No one even knows what they're doing. And then somehow there's this other company that's like, I bet I could do it. <laughs> I could do it better. I could probably do it better if you ask me. I could make like a big old dinosaur, like a like a big old one with feathers and crap. You give me a dinosaur embryo, I get you your dinosaur, no problem. No problem, no, no questions asked. How's your mother? <laughs> uh, and So I, I think seeing... <laughs> I'm I'm just picturing like a, a competing a competing company that makes dinosaurs on the cheap and they're all like bad they're like bad replicant dinosaurs. Well, the problem with this with Jurassic Park is that they are bad replicant dinosaurs because they're more frog than dinosaur. That's true, but I'm picturing like the far side dinosaurs. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they're using cow tools and um <laughs> uh, Wow, that was a fun cow tools reference to drop in the middle of this podcast. I appreciated it. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I was not I was not being sarcastic when I said it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's that scene in the movie where Nedry is eaten and he drops that Barbasol can. And like it's on a very iconic cliff shape thing where, where his car is up at the top of the cliff. And this game takes off like right from that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is um that is significant. Yeah, but even then I feel like if you hadn't seen the movie and you decided to play this, I I don't know why you would do that, but um I think there's enough context clues that you can pick up that uh you, you could just be like this is what's getting the story started. I don't I don't necessarily I think it you get a lot more out of it if you know it branches off of the movie. But I think anyone who just comes into this game they would be able to pick up on all right well something was going on here he was getting them the dinosaur embryo because they go all into it it's them uh trying to find the can yeah 
Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I I think it's it's worth seeing the movie because the movie is one of those classics. Yeah. And also yeah. the Barbasol can. It, just the, the specifics of what happened to that Barbasol can are are kind of important. Um, but yeah, I, I guess you're right. Like it, it's very it's very much a separate story. None of the characters from uh, in this game. Well, some of them are like related to other characters, and some of them factor in to other characters in the movies. But yeah. most of them are uh, individual characters uh, mm-hmm. for this game. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying, if if you went in, it wouldn't be incomprehensible. Yeah. So. Should we start the story of... By the way, also, one thing. Sorry. <laughs> we will eventually talk <laughs> we'll about these there. games. I just wanted to say, uh, I am I might have a bias here. Because I, I watched mm-hmm. that trilogy, and I know they're classics, or at least the first one. And I, I just... It's not my thing. I don't know. I, I like dinosaurs. I like, uh, you know, classic horror sort of stuff. I, I can't get down with these movies. They're not my favorite. Yeah. I, I mean, you're you're basically saying why I was not that into this game. <laughs> uh, well, no, well, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, like, if you were a massive Jurassic Park fan, this game would suddenly become awesome. But... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, going into that, starting that sentence, I thought you were going to say something in defense of the movies, or in defense of the game. Uh... <laughs> No. <laughs> Not be like, no, you still probably wouldn't like it. Well, I mean, you might, you would definitely like it more if you, yeah. if you have like a, a really firm, uh, fandom of the movie. And this game came yeah. out before the world g- movies. Uh, so I did mm-hmm. not watch them for this because they, uh, they would be in the future. Unrelated. Unrelated. I, I have games like that where I'd like them even though they suck just because of the property attached to them. That's fine. Yeah, or maybe they don't suck, but like they're they're definitely being bolstered by your your liking of that property. Like, yeah, I think we had a lot more fun with Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people than we would have otherwise if we didn't know Homestar. Yeah, agreed. I loved it, but you know, it has its. I wouldn't say it's like this amazing game or anything, but I had a great time because it's Strong Bad. Even the episode I thought was the best one, Dangerous. I would say that episode in particular doesn't feel like it does anything different it's just your typical fare but it's just so funny yeah and that's not a bad game that's just like a game i probably yeah. would like a little less uh, mm-hmm. yeah so th- th- this is a this is a differing start this is a different starting out bias for me where i really liked the back to the future movies i was really pumped on those after seeing those for this podcast mm-hmm. and i i didn't have the same sort of excitement for the Jurassic Park franchise after watching those. Uh-oh. <laughs> Get ready, folks. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so, now let's actually do it. Let's talk about the story of these uh, four episodes. Episode one, The Intruder. Yes, please. It starts with a cold open where you are uh, uh, a woman who you later find out is named Nima. Uh, running away from the diplodocosaurs, I think is what they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have butchered that pronunciation or like the entire word, maybe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's the ones that killed Nedry in the movie. They have like the neck fans and they spit acid. Um, yeah, they're pretty cool. Acid spitting animals feel the most fake out of all animals to me. 
yeah, that sounds like something you made up. Oh, and uh, this one, he uh, he spits acid out. And he has like he has like uh, chainsaw arms. Yeah, to be clear, I'm not arguing with the science in paleontology here. I bet it is true, but it just it feels it it feels uh, weirdly fake that they just like what you're an acid elemental in real life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it... it <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I guess yeah, I neat. have knife fingers. I guess I can't compete with that, so that's, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, so, <laughs> so she's running away from those, and this is your first real taste of the, the quick time events. It's sort of a, a tutorial, but the tension's really high. And I think uh, mm-hmm. out of all the running away from dinosaurs in the entire game, this is actually maybe the most successful right here at the beginning. I think so too. It's uh, it keeps it mysterious. Like you're thrown into this, uh, you're thrown into this setting. You have dinosaurs chasing you. You don't know what's going on or who these people are. So it just throws you into the deep end. Yeah. Um. So that so that's a cold open. So then they they sort of rewind the time a few hours uh, to this woman and uh, a guy who's traveling with her named Miles Chadwick. Uh, <laughs> what a name yeah th- there's gonna be more of those <laughs> great names in this game uh getting off the boat and it turns out that these two people are sent by uh the the rival company to impersonate being engine employees and retrieve the barbasol can from nedry uh so they're they're sort of they're, they're corporate spies Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a little like environmental puzzle where you try to distract some guards, and at that point, I realized what the game was going to be like, <laughs> uh, which is it, it, that it, that beginning part plus this little exploration part could have been the entire vertical slice of the whole game because uh, that's 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 it. That's all, like the whole thing you do. Yeah. How do you feel about? Like, you don't even control, you don't even move a character around. You have a little thing that brings up pictures of areas, and you click on one, and it automatically moves your character to that area. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I, I, it, it's, <laughs> I, I'm confused, I think, about yeah. that. Uh, because controlling a character directly is like a, a proven joy of video games it's like one of the things we like to do the most move a character around just Mm -hmm. make them walk from place to place they don't even really have to jump they don't have to punch just like it was my choice to make this character walk from from point a to b and it's not like this game has an animation budget deficit here like because there's the characters have so much animation in this game Uh, Mm -hmm. but like that would be my guess as to why you wouldn't have that because you don't want to animate them walking around and and uh program collision and stuff like that but there's there's so much of that in other aspects of the game that i i kind of you still see the characters walking around like all the time like in cutscenes and stuff yeah you have the animations i think to telltale this might have seemed like a way to make it easier for very casual players uh because you don't have to walk your character to anything like an item that you need to pick up because uh, mm-hmm. the items just sort of like most of the stuff is on the screen all the time and you you only would need to pan the screen a little bit in order to find everything yeah at all times there are indicators letting you know when you can click something 
uh, yeah. So, I, I guess I just don't understand that. I, I, I would assume that it was a gamble on making it easier for casual players, but I just don't think that moving a character around was hard for casual players, so... Um, I yeah. I think that well, there's a reason that later on in Telltale's work, they do this format, but they do still have you move a character around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this game really does feel like them just experimenting with this, which is cool. Um, it just does not pay off all the time, right? But at the same time, I don't I don't think it like it's not like annoying to do. Like you're, you are, it's straightforward. It's a weird choice, but it's not like it, it makes what the game is worse or anything. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm reading my notes and I'm, I'm struggling to interpret them because it, it's, it's been a little <laughs> while since I played the first one. I, I played them over a period of time. Um, Okay, so then those those two people, Miles Chadwick and our, I would say our protagonist, Nima. Um, yeah. You control a lot of different characters at different times in this game, but I think she's maybe the most central. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about, like, no one particular character, but you kind of jump back and forth between different characters? Yeah, I don't like it. Me neither. I that hit me last night when I was playing. Um, I think it's much better to just focus on one character and their story, especially because there's one part in a later episode where two characters are in an argument together, and you just go back and forth between the two. You just have to be both yeah. characters arguing with each other, and I'm like, why? What? Why made them want to do it this way? Yeah, that that moment is particularly egregious where you find out that you need to like deflect your own argument that you just said it's like well what (laughs) why would why would you give that to me to do why would yeah yeah it's strange it's like the story saying here you do it i i do like games where there's like shifts between who you're playing as at different times. Some of my favorite games that are that way. Uh, Mother Three does it really, really well. Uh, where mm-hmm. just like every chapter of that game, you're you're playing as a maybe a different uh, party member. But I think this game is doing it more so to be exciting with like different abilities for every character or, or uh, explore character dynamics, and it's it's doing it just to be more cinematic. Mm-hmm. And this game doesn't I, need to be more cinematic. Yeah, it's cinematic enough as it is. But the one thing I'll say about it is I feel like it's only really bad in situations like that. One time where I do like it is um, in the next episode. I won't say what the part is, but you're kind of going back and forth between two characters in two different parts of the area, solving puzzles between the two characters. Stuff like that I think is fine. Yeah. Yeah, but that, if you're jumping cool. between characters for a dialogue tree, it doesn't really work. So, Miles Chadwick, uh, at this <laughs> point, becomes the worst person ever. <laughs> that happens a lot in this game. Yeah, so there, there's clearly a dynamic here where Chadwick is the uh, like the person that actually works for this company. 
and they are outsourcing mercenary talent to Nima. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's acting like her boss all the time, and I he probably is, but he he's just being like really rude about it, like excessively rude shaver. about it. And as I'm playing, I'm like, well, they're doing this, so I feel good when a dinosaur eats him. But like, yeah. holy shit, they're going hard into just making him the least likable character I've ever seen in in maybe any video game. He's just so yeah. shitty. I I mean, I guess they do a good job of it then. If that was the point, making him awful and then killing him off. Yeah, there was a there was a point where like it turned around for me, where it's like, I kind of like this guy. I've never seen anyone go this hard at just <laughs> like general little little annoying things that you wouldn't even think about being annoying um like there's so many things in this in this scene with chadwick where he sucks and i was thinking to myself i would never be able to write this i i i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't i would think of some of the more basic ways people suck and like i'd think wow that guy sucks i'm gonna call it a day they found so many extra ways to make this guy suck a lot (laughs) like uh there's so nedry's jurassic park truck uh, that he dies in in the movie. It's stuck at the top of this hill. And they want to get it down to the bottom of the hill. So they can use it. Uh, <laughs> so they they uh, secure it to a tree. and like uh, What is that called? A winch? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're pulling it down. And like Nima's doing all the work. Because Chadwick's <laughs> like, Hey, you should probably get that truck down. And also, you have five minutes. <laughs> and uh if you could get on that and she's like okay well i'm tying it to the tree i'm doing it very loudly i'm telling you what i'm doing and you're still somehow like in the way when i bring the truck down (laughs) (laughs) like he's he's just standing in the middle and he has to jump out of the way and he's like hey watch it what are you doing (laughs) hey (laughs) it just just it was at that moment where I actually really liked the difference between me as a player and Nima as a character, because if I was if I was acting as Nima more, I think I would just be genuinely very mad at Chadwick, and <laughs> me as a player just watching Nima have to deal with him is kind of hilarious. Yeah, they're a real odd couple. Yeah, and then uh, then those dinosaurs, the Diplodocosaurs or whatever, uh, they show up. And they uh, they spray a bunch of acid. I got I spit twice in in trying to get away, and I got eaten by these dinosaurs uh, before finally getting it. And then they eat Chadwick. Yeah, um, going back to when Chadwick was alive, uh, I the, <laughs> the one part I have in my notes where I re- it really sunk in how much he sucks is. Um, <laughs> It's when you're trying to convince the uh, the captain of the ship. It's like, hey, uh, we work here and we have to uh, stay here on the island. And uh, Miles is fumbling the entire time. He's like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, we, we work here. Uh, and then the captain's like, all right, I don't have time for this, whatever. And then Miles, Miles says, next time I should do the talk. <laughs> He's... It's it's inspired how shitty he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cartoonish in how bad he is. Yeah, because I if I was writing that scene, maybe this is just my weakness as a writer. But if I was writing that scene, my mind would have went to, okay, so he insists that he can do the talking, 
uh, even though he's bad at the talking, and then he does it, and then Nima has to step in, and then he's scornful at Nima for like doing a better job. That would be like the best I could think of. But then he's not even scornful at Nima. He's like, "Yeah, I fucking crushed it, and also I'll do it next time." And <laughs> like, wh- what a guy! What a guy! You, I, yeah, you know what? When playing this, that never sunk in, but you've you've totally turned my opinion around on Miles Chadwick. <laughs> Uh, it's a shame that he dies. <laughs> it's, a sh- it's a shame that he dies, but it's also <laughs> imagine like, all they could imagine all they could have gotten out of him if he stuck around. I feel like the gambit of making me like a character and wanting them to succeed, or making them not like a character and wanting them to die, does not work on me very often in a video game. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like I just don't respond to that uh, trope, I guess. But I do mm. now. I do for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's comedic how much of an asshole he is. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we we were being sort of rough on this game. So I do want to bring up when this game really succeeds, which is how much Miles Chadwick just sucks the moon out of the sky. It's <laughs> <laughs> just an unbelievable character. He, he raised my opinion of the game 0.2%. Uh, so after we deal with them, and then like it sort of cuts to that scene in the cold open. So now we're all caught up. We uh, shift to our other main protagonists of the game uh, to go along with Nima, who are the Hardings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, Jess Harding and Dad Harding. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember his Jerry, name. it's Jerry. Jerry, that's it. I remember now because it's spelled weirder than I think it should be. So this was a little moment that I, I got to experience that I don't think you did. Um based on having watched the movies uh okay the name harding stuck out to me but not i didn't recognize either of these characters uh and i was just trying to figure out like harding who do i know what what is that from uh and then i remembered it's sarah harding who is the uh one of the main characters and the girlfriend of jeff goldblum in lost world Mm. she's played by Oh, her name's escaping me right now, but she's a she's a, a redhead, uh, pretty pretty famous actor. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't recall. Um, that movie had a very interesting cast. It was her, Jeff Goldblum, and Vince Vaughn as the main trio. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. I'm not I'm not the biggest Vince Vaughn fan. I gotta say. I don't really have an opinion. Uh, it's fun. Uh, but it turns out that Jess is Sarah Harding from that movie's half sister. Oh. And Jerry is Sarah's dad. Yeah. Uh, even though Sarah's like a full adult, and Jerry doesn't seem that old. But I guess maybe Jerry is older than he looks. Uh, Sarah Harding is played by Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore, yeah. Yeah, Julianne Moore, uh, great actress, and she did a great job as Sarah Harding. And to make these characters connected to her is a choice I do not understand because they don't use it. They do, yeah. they do mention Sarah at one point, and very in passing later on, as like a, a a part of why Jess and Jerry's relationship is not very good right now. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess uh, Jerry's just away from but home never very as- often. Yeah, but it's it's never like a big part of this story in particular. They try to make it feel like it is, 
but yeah, it it is not. Uh, Jess has been stealing for fun. <gasps> no. Yeah, and everyone seems to understand this in a way that I thought was very generous and maybe unrealistic. Where, like, every character after this who finds out, like, yeah, she has a stealing problem. She's been stealing just a lot for fun. Every character's like, yeah, she's probably just bored. <laughs> uh, which is, that's, it's very nice. That's not, that's not a good excuse. It's not a good excuse, but I, I'm glad she has, like, as someone who's growing up, has someone in her corner, uh, corner sort of fighting for her and saying, look, she's probably just bored. She probably needs to just have a better sense of community. Uh, that is why she's a kleptomaniac, I guess. That's yeah. She steals lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah, kleptomania is like a like a like a mental um, illness that people need to like go through a lot of stuff to 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 uh, not even fix, but just feel better about it. And uh, mm-hmm. the insistence that she's probably just bored is strange to me, but. <laughs> <laughs> but in the in the reality of this game it seems correct <laughs> yeah they're treating it like they're all in the right yeah i guess she does not need like, the stuff she's stealing they they made it clear that it's but just, just let her fun. have it she's bored yeah come on she's <laughs> bored what who's gonna be hurt the people who have less stuff who's gonna miss those cigarettes <laughs> um how do you feel about the Hardings in this game? So Jerry is a, uh, he, he's like a, he's like a zookeeper. He, he's like a medical personnel kind of guy. Uh, yeah. He, he is a doctor, but he is a, a, a veterinarian that Jurassic Park hired to keep him on as a, uh, you know, just to help all the sick dinosaurs and stuff. Uh, I don't like them. I don't either. I think but I think Jerry's a little better. Jessica really got on my nerves after a while. Um oh I actually well, Jerry's like Jerry's Jerry's kind of almost like a nothing character kind of. Yeah. He, he doesn't really make much of an impression. Jessica ha- makes more of an impression, but I just feel like everything she does sucks. <laughs> And, yeah. you know, and you know what? I don't even think she makes that strong an impression. I have it in my notes. I think she's boring. She really <laughs> is just. She really is just. Uh, help, Dad! Someone save me! Oh, I'm. I'm kind. Of, that's so cool. I'm. I'm the teenager. Yeah, and so the the introduction scene with them is they're on like this cliff top and uh, they have binoculars and they're looking at all the dinosaurs from a distance. And she's, like, being wowed by, hey, look at Triceratops. And Jerry's trying to, like, make a connection with his daughter. And he's trying to say, like, you know, the Triceratops is an herbivore. And, you know, that's interesting for how big it is. Because considering what it looks like, you might guess that it's a carnivore. And then Jess just says, Dad, you're ruining it. <laughs> I, I think if you need to tell them it's interesting, maybe just stop. <laughs> I, I felt bad for Jerry because, like, oh, you're interested in this? I have a thing that you can know. And, like, it might... <laughs> and this is interesting. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting when I learned... It's a thing. And then just just, just completely shuts him down. Like, no, actually, just it's shut not up. interesting. Shut up, Dad. I've had it with you. You've been talking all day. <laughs> um, so, at a, at a certain point in the episode, the... Uh, the the nedry caused crisis happens where all the electricity goes down um and the animals are allowed to escape from their pens and everything and everything goes to shit uh and the characters solve this 
by hitting Nima in a car. And that's that's how uh, <laughs> the, the Hardings uh, connect with Nima's side of the story. Uh, so Jerry cures her from some sort of poisonous bite. And then she wakes up and holds the Hardings at gunpoint. And that's the end yeah. of this episode. This sucks. I, I feel like almost every character in this game has their moment of, you actually suck. This is not good. And we find out Nima has, you know, understandable reasons to do this. Yeah. But it's also just like, well, don't. They were being so nice to you and helping you and saved your life. And then you, you pull this shit on them. You're bad. You're not good. <laughs> it's sort of... Uh, Roger Ebert talked a lot about stories with the uh, the idiot problem where it, it it's a narrative where it only works if every character is an idiot. This is similar to that, but it, it's not exactly the same because these characters are actually somewhat smart. It only works if every character hates every other character for no reason. <laughs> Like the, yeah. the 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 conflict between these characters sometimes feels so artificial and out of nowhere that it just it hits you like a train and you just wonder like well I why did any of that happen why did why why are they gunpoint Nima like hide the fact that you have a gun for a second you could maybe yeah find out if they can help you or not yeah exactly and believe me we'll be seeing uh, more of uh, idiot syndrome in Telltale games. Everyone is an idiot syndrome. Uh, I there's a specific game not that far off where I'm like, yep that that describes that one to a T. Ooh, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> before we, so that was the end of episode one, uh, where where she has them at gunpoint and it's like a like a, a cliffhanger. But right before that, there's <laughs> one thing I wanted to talk about while uh, Jerry's trying to cure Nima. Uh, she's like going in and out of consciousness and uh, she is Costa Rican. So she's speaking Spanish uh, and the character Jess only knows a little bit of Spanish and Jerry doesn't know any. Uh, but they leave it up to the player to guess the words she's saying in Spanish. So it's just like if you know Spanish, you get this right. And if you don't, you don't, even though the entire rest of the game is in English. I thought that was so weird. Yeah, well, so apparently you get an achievement if you get it perfect. And I did. <laughs> I did too, but only on accident. I oh, just really? Guessed. Yeah, I just happened to guess them all. I've got three years of high school Spanish rattling around somewhere up there. Um, but it's not good, and most of it is forgotten. But I did remember enough to know what she said when she was sort of phasing in and out of consciousness. And I got myself an yeah. achievo. Thanks, Steam. Good job. Yeah, I got it too, but I didn't know, and I guessed. <laughs> uh, maybe you get it even if you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Maybe. Yeah, there there were there were a couple achievements that popped up while I played this game that it, it might be related to the fact that this game is not available on the Steam storefront anymore, so it's not supported. Uh, but there's mm. some achievements that popped up where it's like, oh, I didn't do that actually. Um, <laughs> I but thank you for giving it to me. That's I'll take it's it. Generous. Yeah. Um, so episode two, do you want to talk about episode two? Um, you don't have to, <laughs> it's just a podcast. 
You you do it. My notes are a little uh, slipshod. Okay. Uh, slipshod, huh? Yeah. Is that a word? How do you like that? Yeah, what's that mean? I think so. It means uh, a little all over the place, I think. Uh, a little scrouty row. Okay. Um, I think I used it right. But yeah, so we do meet some new characters in this episode, though. Yeah, so uh, we, we uh, meet Alpha Team, who... Alpha Team and Bravo Team are the teams sent in by InGen to collect everyone and rescue everyone before uh, the dinosaurs get to be too much of a problem and eat everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They were not successful in beating the rush there. (laughs) Ooh, Uh, better luck next time. And we're introduced to Alpha Team, which is a a helicopter of three people. It is Decaf, the pilot. (laughs) Uh, Oscar, who's like a brooding sort of strong guy. Uh, yeah, he's one of those types. Yeah, and and, and Billy Yoder, <laughs> who you might think a name like Billy Yoder, this is the extra guy. No, no, no. Billy this Yoder. is the main guy. <laughs> yeah, this the is group. like the guy. Yeah. Uh, for a little bit, Billy Yoder appears to be. Um, a third main protagonist of this game alongside Nima and the Hardings. Um, but we'll see how that goes. This is a very ensemble <laughs> cast game. Um, so they're, they're looking for Bravo team, which was on the ground already there in Jurassic Park to sort of collect everyone, uh, including someone named Vargas. Vargas, um, uh, Vargas is reacting very strange. It's clear that he has shell shock uh, from yeah. just the whole experience, but he uh, is he's also like delusional and he's running away, which like is not those symptoms don't usually go with that. Um, it, he, he's just like imagining he's in a different place and he's acting violently. and Oscar almost has to shoot him and I think that what they wanted this to go, like, the, the way that the tone, uh, the developers wanted the tone to be was like, oh, man, it sucks that you need to shoot your friend Vargas, but, like, he's, he's going wild. Uh, whereas in playing it, it just seemed like Oscar wanted to shoot Vargas. <laughs> right? That's exactly what I, I, it felt like Oscar had, like, ulterior motives or something, so he killed him, or tried to kill him, uh, shot him for his own gain. Yeah. I was just like, what? what's his deal? Yeah, and I, I thought that they were maybe sowing the seeds of Oscar having this other reason for being there, and he's, like, very okay to kill engine guys. But that actually is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a little bit more with Oscar that you don't know about immediately, but still it's, like, not... It's not that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, very, I don't understand uh, very what that badly was communicated about. yeah uh so eventually uh oh okay so nima's been taking the hardings at gunpoint trying to get them uh to the north side of the island where the docks are so she can uh meet their rendezvous point and deliver the barbasol can yeah uh and there's a very a very very fun uh roller coaster puzzle <laughs> Is this Fun, the episode huh? with the roller? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, here's a very, very fun roller coaster puzzle. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I could just hear the the seething tone in that. Where you need to I rearrange the, the carts in a roller coaster in a way that uh, is annoying and slow. And uh, <laughs> then you go on the roller coaster. And you're supposed I to will just say, take it to the bottom of the hill. But it shenanigans occur. Yeah, I, I, I hate to interrupt, but this is the part, like, that part sucks, I hate it, but this is the part I was talking about where I kind of liked switching between uh, Jerry and Jessica here. I, I thought this was a, a time when switching between the two worked out. Yeah, because when they're on the roller coaster, the Diplodocosaurs show up. Oh, no, you're talking about the arrangement of the carts. No, I hated this a lot. No, well, no, the arrangement of the carts part sucked. I just think the idea of switching between the, like, one of them handles stuff over here, one of them handles the stuff over here. The idea of it, I liked a lot. Okay. Just that actual puzzle, I did not, and no one did. Okay. Uh, That makes sense. Don't worry, I'm on your side. (laughs) And no one did. (laughs) I'm not fighting you on this. Uh... So they go on the roller coaster, and it's supposed to just go slow and to the end of the track down the hill. Uh, and I still don't exactly understand why that couldn't happen. But they had to change the tracks again because the dinosaurs showed up and were trying to eat them off of the very fast roller coaster as if... I mean, they're not like mutants. They're just dinosaurs. Like, it's just an animal. It's still something you should be able to avoid. Yeah. Uh, but they, they just... There, there's a lot of sitting in a roller coaster and then doing a quick time event to uh like hit them off of the roller coaster hit the dinosaurs off i mean uh and you you do quick time events for jess jerry and nima uh which is it it, as far as quick time events go it's kind of fun but it's it's also like uh I i have a note here that this made me feel bad um why well, it, it just made me feel a little sad because the the roller coaster needed to be set up by a pretty talented level designer to make sure that all this stuff fit in the right places at the right time. And the mm-hmm. animation department needed to go wild on it. The uh, cinematics department needed to do so many cuts from different camera angles. The, uh, the programmers needed to make sure that all... Because you're turning so fast on a roller coaster, like loading in and out half the island at once is not going to just crash the game this was a very as far as i can tell probably the most intensive uh part of the entire game for development and like the fact that it wasn't landing at all and it just wasn't this big exciting part like hey you're imagine you're on this roller coaster you you the player you should feel very stressed out and sort of exhilarated um, and the, the fact that that didn't come across just made me feel so bad because I know how many people work on that kind of stuff and for yeah. how long, uh, I, yeah, the note I wrote down was the interesting lit, the interesting listness of the roller coaster made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mitch. Yeah. Well, it, I feel it too. Like you can feel the hard work that went into it, but it's just like, who cares? Yeah, like there's there's uh there's pieces of wood and scaffolding sticking out at just the right time at right, just the right place, um, that uh work because you need to like duck when you get there or something, and mm-hmm. the figuring out the placement of that kind of stuff and making it all work together has got to be some extreme kind of calculus, and uh yeah it's just it's it's just sort of 
a bummer that it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you, Mitch. Yeah. How did you feel about the music of this game? So are you going to bring up Company of Killers? No, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just asking about like the score, just the background music of the overall game. Oh, um, it was very Jurassic Parky. Um, it's it's made to imitate John Williams. Uh, it's Jared Emerson mm-hmm. Johnson doing his best John Williams. Yeah, and uh, in that way, it's it's uh, I mean it's it's faithful. It's it's funny you say that because the whole time. The, well, not the whole time, but there was, there was like multiple points where I was I was listening to it with headphones on, so I was like very more focused on the music than I normally am with these Telltale games, and I don't know, it, maybe it was just me, but it kind of felt really out of place at points to me. Hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what it was. Just there will be some stuff going on, and you know characters will be talking about something just the music i felt like was getting in the way of it at points it's it's well done music but i don't know what it is it just kind of it put me off a little interesting and and that that carried over through the whole series i i'm just bringing up now since this is the episode i put it down in in my notes uh i also wrote i miss sam and max oh <laughs> <laughs> we're we're stuck with all these characters so I was wondering at around this time if Nima and Oscar were in league with each other because they seem to uh, have similar uh, sort of aesthetics and accents and ways of holding it, themselves. It seems like they know each other, too. Like, they're in the story, it seems yeah. like she brings... She's like, uh, ask him about the tattoos. So it feels like they've had run-ins before. Um and it was at about this time also that Alpha Team did meet up with uh, with the Hardings and Nima. And then the power dynamic sort of just switches around and everyone does different stuff. Yeah. Uh, they also run into, at around this time, Dr. Sorkin, who is uh, the final main character introduced in this game. Uh, I, I, I think. Pretty sure um yes yes she is uh so she is the she's one of the geneticists that worked on the dinosaurs uh and she was actually apparently responsible for most of the work on the dinosaur project and the only reason that dr Wu, who's credited as being the chief geneticist on the project uh got that title is because his one specific contribution of maybe we should include frog dna in the dinosaurs to fill up the gaps uh, was was taken and it worked. That'll be fun. Let's make let's put frog DNA in them. <laughs> uh, so the way they explained it in the movie was like the DNA had gaps in it, which I don't exactly understand the concept of gaps in DNA. Like, what does that mean to to you, Jurassic Park the movie? What is that? What do you think that means? Because I don't think that's I think how it that means works. there's like a. I think that means there's a gap. Usually means there's like a space. Where there's nothing there. Sure, but like the reason. <laughs> so I, I, when I was watching the movie, I was like, I'm sure Jurassic Park, as they did it with the, you know, retrieve the DNA from the mosquitoes and the amber. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm yeah. sure the way that is is told is impossible because we would have done it already. But I don't actually know why. Why is this? Why can't this happen? Um, and I looked it up, and do you know why it can't happen? What? I don't know. So it's that 
it's because fossils uh like the shape of bones in fossils uh are really the longest lasting part of your body of any animal's body that can still be around dna itself just doesn't last millions of years uh oh, right. so y- yeah. you can't even if it's in amber it just disintegrates it's not you can't get it right um so so that's that's why so like if if it was just going to disintegrate does it disintegrate in gaps like that like it, that was the part that i was i mean it's just it's make-believe but i was just trying to figure out what they meant so the point is that they put frog dna and this particular kind of frog uh is like one of the few species that do this that shift their sex um modularly so they can go from being male to female depending on what's needed in their community and that obviously breaks jurassic park mm-hmm. um which is one th- here's one thing i had against the movie jurassic park that is related to that uh okay. jeff goldblum's character is a, a, a chaoticist he studies chaos theory that's why he calls himself a chaoticist um he's a mathematician of sorts and his thing is life is, is so um uh uh complicated um uh, that you can't uh put you, you can't it finds a way dude and he says that and <laughs> uh that always didn't feel right to me because it's like that's not why this was messed up the <laughs> the mr gold the, the idea that life finds a way is not the moral of jurassic park the moral of jurassic park is be careful (laughs) don't don't make dinosaurs well even if you you can make dinosaurs but like don't give them dna that makes them boys if you want them all to be girls yeah it's just it it would have worked if if they didn't do that it would have been fine (laughs) if they if they just did it a normal way Jeff Goldblum would look like an idiot saying life finds a way. <laughs> if they just did it a normal way at the end of the movie, they were like, "Yeah, so none of them bred." I guess you were wrong, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Stupid. If they just, you know, like it, it, they don't do it right the second time either. When they, uh, it it frustrates me that like he gets to have this character moment of, I guess life really did find a way. I was right. It's like, well, it, it, there's no reason that <laughs> you should have assumed one. this. Like, the fact that you were right, you you shouldn't have thought that. You shouldn't have assumed that they just <laughs> will breed somehow because... Drag him, drag him. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Dr. Sorkin's working on this thing <laughs> called the lysine contingency, which is the idea that... Um, they took away the dinosaur's natural ability to regenerate lysine in their... Uh, in their bodies, which means that if they don't, if the Jurassic Park employees don't manually feed them all the lysine they need, they will die. Uh, and this is this is something that they did on purpose, so that if they escape somehow, they'll only be alive for a little while before they run out of lysine. Right. Um. So she hates this because she's she's very animal rights activist e kind of person she doesn't want these dinosaurs to basically live in torture and misery and die yeah i guess that's fair but they are dinosaurs 
Yeah, and, and she was like, don't... They shouldn't even be around to begin with. They should be lucky they have this. Yeah, that's that was kind of my thing. And then I felt callous for thinking that. The, the, <laughs> the moral ambiguity of this game is like, should you save these dinosaurs? Because they're only in the world because man brought them in the world. And my immediate thought is like, no. <laughs> like, hard no. You... Yeah, these dinosaurs are killing and eating people. Yeah. They shouldn't be around to begin with. Yeah, and then like every argument she makes for it is is subsequently immediately undone. Where it's like, well, look, we can let them out of their pens because of the license contingency. They can't live that long without the license, so they have to come back. And then she's like, I've cured the license contingency. <laughs> so that now they, they don't have to just die because of something we did to them. And then she was like, yeah, but it's still fine because there's uh, hundreds of miles of ocean between this island and the next piece of land, so they can't go anywhere. And then you find out there are ocean dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, they could 100% swim and come and kill people. And I'm going to let them go now. (laughs) I'm I'm going to let this one out. She's she's not the best character. Just everyone in this game it sucks. I think. Yeah, it's such a it's such a weird stance to make this person's argument so bad because the movie has some better arguments of just like, hey, we can just let them on the island if they, they might be able to find lysine and other sources, and then they do. Um, it's it's okay. Just you know, let's just leave. <laughs> and then yeah. she's like, I'm gonna be the worst about this side of the argument. And <laughs> just, I want these dinosaurs to kill people. I want these dinosaurs to eat more than I want people to live. I wish you would stop eating and talking, so I'm going to send this dinosaur after you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, it really comes down to, it's okay, Jerry. Because Jerry is like the opposite side of the argument here. It's okay, Jerry. Uh, they can't swim. And then she's like, I found one that can swim. And it's like, it's okay, Jerry. It's in a tank. I've let it out of the tank. <laughs> <laughs> it is no longer in the tank. Uh, and, and even then, even when they're having their argument, she's like, oh, yeah, so it's possible these dinosaurs could swim. Yeah. Is that what you wanted out you want You want me to say, man, I haven't checked if they can swim? <laughs> <laughs> you, f- you feel like a big man You, want me to, you need me? me to be the bad guy on this? Yeah, I guess I haven't <laughs> checked if they can swim. <laughs> I guess I'm the bad guy now. <laughs> <laughs> letting the mosasaur yeah. into the ocean to kill all the blue whales like i guess i'm the bad guy i guess i'm in the wrong somehow <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i hate to say it but i feel like in this group of characters that all suck well no i i think oscar's probably the one that has the most uh well no it nima really does come across as like the best person but even that she held the other two at like gunpoint yeah 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 you just find out later she had a good reason for it yeah her reasoning seems the most legitimate out of all the dumb things people do in this game um yeah the harding the hardings just don't have any personality so yeah um so the end of this episode is all the characters... By the way, Decaf dies. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, they couldn't find Decaf's <laughs> body, and they assumed that a T-Rex ate him or something. Yeah, he doesn't go anywhere without his helmet, man. Yeah, they found his helmet. Uh, so there's these tunnels that connect 
uh, various parts of the underground of Jurassic Park. Uh, first, the Hardings and uh, Nima and Billy go in there, and then a bunch of Velociraptors go in there. Uh, and Oscar sees that, and he's like, oh, "God damn it!" <laughs> uh and so he has to go in there as well and then like him walking in there i think is the like cut off of that episode we also find out in this episode so uh billy and oscar catch nima and she kind of cuts them in on the whole deal right dinosaur embryos yeah so uh well not oscar yet i think that's next episode yeah yeah Uh, but billy billy finds the barbasol can and he opens it up, and he, there's, like, test tubes, and he doesn't understand what that is, but he understands that it's probably valuable. So he just takes it, and Nima's like, hey, if you give it back to me, and, like, we can do this together, and you can make a lot more money than you would have from InGen, uh, just give it to me, and we'll split it. And then Billy says, okay, but we gotta split it with Oscar, too. Because um, <laughs> he's my friend. <laughs> He my best friend, Oscar. Uh, so uh, Nima reluctantly says, "Yeah, fine, we'll split Oscar in two. Um, so then they're they're doing that, and they're still trying to be really secretive about it. And there's this one scene where they drop it, uh, and there's a literal T Rex guarding it. Uh, and <laughs> Nima's like, "Hey, go get it!" And Billy's like, "There's a T Rex." <laughs> on it and she's like i don't care go do yeah, it Yeah, i don't care you should do it and die and get it <laughs> so i can have it <laughs> either way i win yeah uh and uh, he's somehow moved by this argument <laughs> uh so he goes and, and uh somehow manages to like grab it and run back what i like about this puzzle or puzzle in quotes is so because of the way this game works with the quick time events i failed multiple times because it sucks and isn't fun or good and it's hard to pull off right Mm -hmm. um i got so frustrated at this part i kept having to do this part over and over again but i think it's very funny when you end up not getting the can and you catch the attention of the t-rex and it starts chasing you and you just run back like (laughs) uh i didn't i got this part i think on the first time but there were a lot of other times where i had the same sort of deal where i would just mess up on one little quick time event that maybe it was played i a lot of them are played really fast and they don't give you that much time at all yeah Uh, and i feel like like i said earlier i feel like it would be fine if i was doing this on a control stick but like as keys on a keyboard i just i just couldn't do it fast enough sometimes there were multiple parts of this game where I just was doing it over and over again. Yeah, with how short these episodes are. By the way, these episodes are like an hour 10, an hour 15, 20 maybe. Uh, yeah. Every time. So they, they really go by. And I think it, it's for that reason that I'm less mad about the actual difficulty of these quick time events. Um, but the mm-hmm. quick time events in a vacuum are hard. Uh, you're not going to spend yeah. that long on them if you repeat them ever, but it's still something. not not all of them even. There's just like occasional times where it's like you got to do this perfectly and very fast. Yeah, and and sometimes it'll be like after five minutes of just watching people talk and not interacting at all, I've taken my hands yeah, completely off the keyboard, and then it's like left, press left now, and you're like ah ah, you didn't press left. Uh, you didn't, you <laughs> fucking loser. You didn't press left. Yeah, the right fucked time. up. Uh, now he's getting eaten by a big monster. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I guess his face is gone. That's your fault. You wanted his face gone, right, <laughs> player? Yeah, should have pressed left. Should have pressed left. Um, <laughs> episode three. Uh, nothing. Almost nothing happens in this episode because so much of the time of it is dedicated to just sneaking around the Velociraptors. Yeah, want to know my first four notes? Sure. <laughs> for episode three. Episode three. First note: Jessica sucks. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the second note is uh, the two stories feel so disconnected at this point. I, I think this was before they kind of rendezvoused, so they just felt like two separate stories going on at the same time, and I wasn't into that. Uh, my third note is I'd rather be playing Pokemon. Oh. <laughs> and my fourth note is Billy Yoder sucks. Um. My one, two, three, four, fifth note is fuck Billy Yoder. <laughs> <laughs> what was it he did i don't, I don't even yeah i have no idea <laughs> it's just it must have been really bad he, i think it's just the way he talks is bad uh, that i think that's it he's just always the jokes he's always got his funny little quips and do you know who voices billy yoder no he's played by jason marsden who does voices in a lot of like cartoons and stuff uh do you remember the movie a goofy movie yeah he is Max Goof oh, in a Goofy movie. He's Max. Yeah, he's Max. I can. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of hear that in my head. Yeah, he was also in like uh, Full House. He was he was in a lot of cartoons. He's I, you hear him a lot. He has a very distinct voice, and I both liked it and disliked it because I liked hearing him. I was like, oh, I know that guy. I know that voice. He's in a lot of things I like. But then that also made him very distracting compared to like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, my first note is actually a positive one, which is that Sorkin's voice acting is really good. Dr. Sorkin. Yeah, I agree. She's, she really feels genuine uh, about all the terrible mistakes she's making with these dinosaurs. Yeah, she really sucks. But of all the characters in this game, I think she has the best. Her and Nima, I would say, have good acting. Uh, yeah. Well, and Nima is another cartoon voice actress, uh, Nika Futterman. She's in a lot. Uh, but she, for some reason, she wasn't as distracting as Billy was. I guess Is that her accent for real? Um, Nika Futterman? I don't think so. Okay. But she has a very scratchy voice. She was doing an accent, but uh, her voice is basically that minus the accent. She's very uh, scratchy. Yeah, she has a, she has a Costa Rican accent. Um in in the game so it's i'm trying to it's a lot of just like oscar's really cool moments uh where you play as oscar and he's just like actually taking down these velociraptors by hand like one one on one he's killing these velociraptors um one at a time for like two of them and everyone else is just not no one in the history of jurassic park has been able to do this (laughs) In, in this game or any of the movies or anything. No one's been able to do this. But I guess the game poses the question of like, what if they were good at this? Like, really good at this. Yeah. And At least as long as one of them is really Someone good at in the world has to be good at this. And it's Oscar. Yeah. Good on him. He's just I slitting guess. Velociraptors' throats. Um, I feel like this was their episode to let Oscar really shine. Because in episode two, Ollie, he's just an asshole. Yeah. You don't really get that much out of him. Especially at the beginning when we thought he was killing him for like ulterior motives. 
this episode kind of softens on him a little bit and makes him, you know, this guy is cool. This guy is good at this. Um, I like that. It, it did make me like Oscar more. So at some point in this episode, it's called The Depths because of how much, how long you spend in these tunnels. Uh, <laughs> eventually, Dr. Sorkin and the Hardings and Yoder and Oscar and Nima all collect together. <laughs> Yoder just seems like you're saying something weird with a weird accent. Yeah. Yoder. Yoder. It's Y-O-D-E-R. Exactly what you think it is. Yeah, that's just his that's name. That's just his name. That's what they decided to call a person. Billy Yoder. <laughs> like my favorite Star Wars character, Yoder. Yoder. Uh, <laughs> so they, they, they all find each other, and then um, they end up in a volcano... <laughs> they do end up in a volcano and uh they accidentally lock themselves in a room with three velociraptors oops uh which is the worst thing to do in a volcano uh (laughs) that's definitely in the top five and there, there was this uh set of controls that were by a door that you can use to open the door but they're all like stuck too far away from it and the velociraptors are right next to those controls uh, so they're like, yeah. "Wow, we we're really in a in a tough spot right now," and we're up shit creek now. And Oscar volunteers his own life to open the door, uh, which doesn't seem like they've exhausted all their options by that point. Yeah, he jumps into a pretty. I I think it's cool that he does it. Like I think it's cool that he decides to sacrifice himself to do it. But you could have thought this out a little more. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't seem. Like they've, like maybe I I bet it is true that there was no other way out of it. There really were in just a closed room situation. Yeah. But was it a time sensitive situation? I think like the Raptors couldn't get to them up there. They could. I feel like no, they, they, they found that they could. Because oh, okay. after Oscar goes down and is eaten by Raptors and opens the door, um, one of the Raptors jumps up the rocks to the side of the platform they're on. And mm. it, they find out, oh, yeah, they can totally get us from here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but also, uh, let's talk about how in this episode, things kind of get a little dicey between uh, Jessica and Jerry. Yeah. Because Jessica steals the cigarettes from Dr. Sorkin. Yeah, this episode is the big everyone's mad at each other episode. Yeah. Uh, probably because um, I think... Just the the idea of being in a bunker together uh, elicits that sort of behavior from a narrative trope standpoint. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's you know it's sort of it's not fun to watch these arguments. It's just especially it's one thing I didn't like about this is it it starts it just dumps all this stuff with Jessica and her dad right in this one part. Like oh okay so now we get all this information yeah she's she's like talking about his ex-wives and and kid other kids from other families and it's like all right well this is maybe not the best time to dump all of this all at the same time on us yeah a lot of it was stuff that was part of what they discussed all already like he's not home enough like they've done that but they yeah. haven't discussed oh you have like a lot of ex-wives like a lot of them that's like a character choice <laughs> you have like 48 of these you have multiple other families 
That's you have like seven hundred and forty-two kids. That's not common. That's not common to have more than <laughs> like two is believable. Three is like okay. Yeah. You sound like you have four or five. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you might be the problem, Jerry? Wow, Jerry, you kind of aren't like putting your best foot forward here. You have a lot of families. <laughs> <laughs> In my notes. Uh, I think it was just in cont- context of this. It just says, Jessica is fucking bad news. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's also revealed that she stole Dr. Sorkin's cigarettes, and that gets them into yeah. trouble later for reasons? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, isn't it because it like attracts the raptors? Because she goes oh. to light one up, and then she lights the lighter, and then there's a raptor right there next to her. And... I guess they were like, those cigarettes led the raptors here, you dingle. You bingle. You big dongle. Yeah. uh, And, yeah, it just feels very contrived, very, uh... The other... I I also... The other big argument is Yoder against uh, Dr. Sorkin, which also feels similarly kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. uh, Where Yoder really hates Dr. Sorkin after Oscar dies because... He goes on this whole they're bit. They're her dinosaurs. Yeah, they're her dinosaurs. And he goes on this bit about like, you don't you don't think mercenaries are real people. We're, we're just called they, in. They send us people in here to die. And it's like, uh, we're dealing with dinosaurs here right now. Yeah. Can this wait? <laughs> we can't have bigger problems. Yeah, and, and it's like, she didn't express any disrespect to the occupation of mercenary before this. Yeah, it's not like she had a, a feeling. She's, I mean, the the dinosaur thing. Yeah, that's a problem. But also, you work for the company that ordered them to be made, so it's not. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> it it just uh, it's sort of strange. Yeah, I have in my notes. I fucking hate Yoder. Yoder sucks so hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. So right at the very end of this episode, Oscar's dead decaf has been missing oh they found decaf <laughs> and it's <laughs> horrible <laughs> uh yeah this, this is this is the moment of of jurassic park where they're like oh our our players are gonna really remember this one and they're right um i will <laughs> uh some of the dinosaurs have paralyzed decaf so that he's barely st- still alive so he's not dead And they've torn open his stomach to use as a nest and laid eggs in him. Yeah, it's it's pretty epic. It's pretty epic. Um, (laughs) And Doctor Sorskin keeps making excuses like, "Well, chickens lay eggs that aren't fertilized, and they just exhibit brooding behavior." It's like, "Yeah, but our dinosaurs don't." I'm like, "Well, they could. (laughs) They could if they wanted. They could, and I guess maybe they are. Like, no, okay, fine." (laughs) Uh, <laughs> you, you know what's one note I have written down. Um, so this episode hasn't been chased by the raptors pretty much the whole episode. Yeah. But um, there's one part where uh, they're getting in through the vent. They're saying, "Oh, they're getting in through the vent," and Yoder says, <laughs> "Yoder says what vent? What dinosaurs?" <laughs> and I just have in my notes what fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> It just it just needed a second pass. The, 
<laughs> oh, you mean those raptors that were chasing us? Oh, yeah. Telltale those is ones. and always has been a company that has per per capita way more uh, a, a, a much higher percentage of narrative designers than any other video game studio um, mm. because they just have they had so much narrative stuff and this script just needed another pass guys it it's yeah there were some good moments for sure there were good parts absolutely but the parts that stick out absolutely stick out and it yeah. is distracting when yoder's asking which dinosaurs after running away <laughs> from dinosaurs <laughs> i forgot about those raptors that were chasing us and trying to kill us whoops it's tough it's tough to like think about these as people when they are just <laughs> acting like this <laughs> you, you know mitch i will say i will say this game wasn't good but i do think it could have been worse yeah. i didn't have the worst ever time it was very playable it was it yeah. like i went from the beginning to the it end functioned with fine kind of almost no mechanical frustrations um, well, except for some of the quick time events that really got on my nerves. I thought for being a, a you know not exactly triple A at the time, and Telltale was still maybe double A, um, mm-hmm. and, and for a PC game in 2011, I thought it looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, it, it was a, well. Certain parts mm-hmm. don't, but yeah. What what, what is yeah, your I, hesitancy there? Well, it's weird because I remember near the beginning thinking this does not look very good. Like, I think specifically in that first episode, I was like, oh, this this doesn't look very... It's kind of uncanny. It's kind of got that weird uncanniness that CSI had, not nearly as bad. Yeah. But I think they, I think they quickly figure out, we can't do realistic looking people. It just doesn't look as good as they could. We need to stylize them a little bit. Yeah. And they get much better at it, but even this, I don't think that it's off-putting at first, but I think the more I played, I got used to it more. And by the end, no, I do think it does look pretty good. You can see the beginning of their Walking Dead style, though. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I I got, specifically with Nima, I feel like really felt like a Walking Dead character. Yeah, Nima and and Oscar as well is the other one that I felt that way about. Um, but mm-hmm. some of them, like Billy Yoder, they feel a little 2007 um, <laughs> with with their aesthetics. Um, yeah. Uh, this episode ends with uh, Yoder holding Sorkin at knife point, about to kill her. Uh, and then everyone's yeah. like, no! And then he's like, what if I do? And then it, it cuts to black. And then that's that <laughs> Well, episode. don't, please! <laughs> Yeah, you soon find out that maybe, uh, you know, maybe he should have. Yeah. Uh, episode four, The Survivors. Uh, Ooh. By the way, sorry, something I forgot to do was uh, I normally say the director and designer of each episode as we go oh, through Oh, yeah, them. I forgot. Uh, and I have written them down, so let, let's just say that. Episode one, The Intruder. This takes us up to uh, the point where Nima puts the Hardings at gunpoint. It was directed by mm-hmm. Daniel Herrera Marco and designed by Joe Penny. Episode 2, uh, The Cavalry, which goes from that point until they enter the tunnels, was directed by Marco Brezzo. Brezzo? Uh, Brezzo. <laughs> I think. Uh, Brezzo. And designed by Mark Darren, which is a familiar name. Um, 
the episode, the third episode, The Depths, was directed by Andrew Langley, who is also a programmer. Uh, oh. So that uh, I don't I don't know how common that was for the programmers to become, uh, become creative directors of the episode. That's cool. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and it was designed by John Drake. And the one we're about to enter, episode four, The Survivors, was directed by Nick Herman and designed by Jonathan Straw, which I remember as one of the designers of the Back to the Future episodes. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, the designer, or the, the survivors, uh, they, they, <laughs> they all get out of the tunnels... Uh, it felt like they were in the tunnels for so long. I know. It felt like it just went on forever. And I, I, from a narrative standpoint, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But aesthetically, like, the tunnels are so much less interesting to look at than the jungles and the beaches and stuff. So yeah, um, I was kind of bummed out just by how long we were spending in the tunnels. Uh, but we, they got out of the tunnels in the visitor center, which is also a movie setting um or setting from the movie is a better way to say that and dr sorkin just sort of nopes out of there when she finds out she can't use the phone and uh (laughs) bill yoder lets uh lets the secret out that they're not just there to take survivors off the island because of dinosaurs they're there to take them off the island because ingen is about to nuke the island yeah um which is extreme it's that that's a, that's, that's yeah that's wild. a that's a big step yeah and uh, we're cutting ahead a little bit here they i think they do <laughs> i think they do nuke the island i don't do they sh- i don't think they ever show it no they don't but i um you, they never say they don't lost world and jurassic park 3 both take place on this other island and the uh the, the the reasoning for that was like Isla Nublar, which is the set of the first game or the first it's the set of the game and the first movie was just supposed to be the zoo where people could come and see them. But they were raising the dinosaurs on this other island. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the, both of those movies take place on that other island. Yeah. right. Uh, so the fact that they never go back to that island, I think they just nuke it. I, I think they actually do nuke the island. Yeah, I guess so. There's really nothing that says they didn't. Yeah. Um, I don't remember them saying that in the movie. Maybe they, maybe they do. Maybe this is from the movie, but I, I don't remember them saying that. Um, hmm. But when she finds out about that, she goes down this secret elevator into an underwater... It's an elevator that takes her underwater, which is wild. I don't understand the like <laughs> geography of that. It's like Sea Lab now. It's like the island was a cliff somehow. Like there's ocean under the island. It's yeah. It, it, it's like the incorrect understanding of islands, guessing that they float and not mountains of the ocean floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, she takes an elevator down to underwater, and she uses a phone that is underwater <laughs> uh, because this is the only phone <laughs> that she thinks works. Silly. Yeah, like the... the... <laughs> ah, yes, the underwater phone. I forgot. Yeah, she's like, well, if all the phones in the on the island aren't working, the one in the underwater capsule thing better work. <laughs> so she and, goes there. And, the, and the, the weirdest part is she's right. Yeah, she's right. It does. The one, the underwater phone works. Yeah, so she's... Uh, 
she she gets there and she's talking to someone on the phone about like hey you got to pick me up and also you got to leave these dinosaurs alone and the person on the phone says well we're gonna nuke the island so no to that second part but we'll pick you up (laughs) Uh, sorry and then yoder nima and the hardings come down the elevator as well uh and they're like hey what the hell are you doing dr sorkin and she's like oh i'm glad you're here i'm going to lock you in now and you are a hostage (laughs) Uh, and so i can tell the people on the phones that you're i have hostages and they're in danger if you don't promise to not nuke the island which if i was the guy on the phone i'd say like okay i promise and then i'd nuke the island (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can count on me <laughs> yeah like why why does she believe this guy this yahoo <laughs> i feel like this whole episode gets a little silly with how extreme <laughs> things get. yeah <laughs> a lot happens in this one um so so yoder eventually just breaks his way into that like inner chamber that she is in um mm-hmm. And she falls into the water where she's unleashed the Mosasaur. A Mosasaur is like a blue whale-sized shark-acting dinosaur. Um, pretty terrifying creature. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the, the capsule they're in just happens to have like a, a, a pool floor so that they can get into the water. It's just open all the time. Um, which doesn't <laughs> make sense to me. <laughs> There's a lot of things that just don't make sense to me, and I'm trying to figure them out while talking to you, Dustin, on this podcast. We'll work our way through them. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the only answer is it just doesn't. It happened and it doesn't make sense, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Uh. So she falls into that, and the mosasaur just eats her immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh. Yoder and Nima and the Hardings are the only four that are left. Everyone else has been eaten by dinosaurs. And he decides to do this very strange heel turn. Yeah, right? I, I still don't really get this at all. Like, Yoder has always been unlikable, but he's been the with he's been the good on their guys. side, basically. He's just yeah. unlikable in a sarcastic way where, like, I wasn't even sure if they were trying to make him unlikable or if I just didn't like the, the writing of it or whatever. Um, yeah. And he he was like, no, actually, you know what? The Hardings... I'm the villain. I am feeling villainous right now. The Hardings are going to meet with a mysterious accident and only you and I, Nima, are going to go out and we're going to uh, turn in the Barbersaw can and get paid. Yeah, what did he have to gain from this? Why did... That's the part where I'm kind of lost. What was his motivation for saying, you know what, Harding's got to go? I I think the motivation is that the Harding's found out what was in the Barbasol can. Oh. So if they tell people, then then the people that try to turn in the Barbasol can are in trouble. That... That that seems like a reach, I think. Not, not your reasoning. I feel like him thinking... Uh, well, these people gotta die now. I, that feels <laughs> well. Yeah, that feels like a reach. I feel like he probably could have just been like, "Look, we're all on the same side. We're friends now. We're friends now, right? Can you keep your stupid mouth shut, please?" 
Uh, instead, he's like, I'm sick of you. <laughs> so uh, Nima defends the Hardings and says, no, that's dumb. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's dumb and actually doesn't make much sense from a narrative point of view. Please don't do it. So then he, uh, then Yoda's like, okay, then I'm just going to go and I'm going to leave you all here to die. Uh, and he does that and he <laughs> locks the door behind him and, and stuff. Um, Pretty cool. So then it's he's he's out of the picture for a moment and then it's just Nima in the Hardings and uh, it turns out Jess knew how to scuba dive the whole time uh, <laughs> because one of her stepdads decided to uh, t- teach her and people got mad about that for some reason. Uh, <laughs> and it's like a whole yeah, family dynamic I, I don't understand about scuba diving. I, I, they got a lot going on that I don't quite get. I'm on the outside looking in on the Harding situation. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really feels strange trying to figure out like, okay, so what? What is the pro- what? How many wives do you have? Like what? <laughs> just it's <laughs> they're an enigma. This Harding it's family. It's fine. Just let me write it down. I like I don't. <laughs> It's so funny that there's like so many small weird details about him that don't really factor into anything. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't Sarah Harding it's, it's from like, the movie just be a regular sister? It's like such a strange choice. Yeah, it's it's so weird because these two these characters are nothing. They're so boring otherwise. They suck. Yeah. And then you just have like all these little details they're so thought out about their lives that really only come into play like ever so slightly. Like, you didn't need to have this whole thing why she's able to scuba dive. You could just do it. Yeah. But you decided, no. You could just have, like, like Nima know how to do it or something. But, no, Jessica knows how to do it because of this whole crazy story. Yeah. Uh, so they they get out. Uh, they, they scuba dive, and they, they narrowly avoid the Mosasaur, and it's it's very scary. And they uh, they show up on the docks. They just, like, swim there. And then Yoder's yeah, there. Press right and down. Yoder's there, and he's like, "Oh, thank God! I'm so glad that you're here because I didn't realize that Jess stole the Barbasol can while I wasn't looking." Ah, oh, man. And, and it sort of brings her klepto uh, maniac tendencies to uh, uh, a forefront in the narrative, in a signs kind of way, like the movie Signs, <laughs> uh, where it just all <laughs> comes together at the end. <laughs> It, it's like, see, this little dumb quirk actually worked out. Yeah. See, that, it's good that he leaves out cups of water for the alien reason. <laughs> um, have you seen Signs? <laughs> I, not in a long time. My family used to love that movie. Interesting. <laughs> I love learning yeah, new right? lore about Dustin's family. Yeah, I'm kind of like the Hardings in this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, uh yeah, so then there's this bit with Yoder saying, like, oh, thank God you're alive, because I want that can. Also, did you swim here? That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Nima and Yoder fight at knife point, um, and it doesn't get resolved because a T-Rex shows up, and they all freeze. This episode's crazy. It didn't sink in when I was playing it, but now talking about it, it's like all this crazy shit happens. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's It's really wild. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't want to say, like, it's necessarily good for the narrative that this all happens, but it's fun. It's very entertaining. Yeah, honestly, we could have done one podcast episode about the first three episodes, and then one and then just about this, this episode. <laughs> but the T-Rex shows oh. up, and they, they uh, 
they're doing Jurassic Park one rules where it can't see you if you don't move. Uh, and Jerry Harding kicks the Barbasol can and Billy Yoder, who wasn't like extremely greedy before has now converted into entirely greed based action. Greedy and stupid. Like he should know not to do this, yeah. but he's like, no, no, no. I got to get it. And you got, God, it's like, it's mostly aerosol in the Barbasol can. It'll float. Yeah. It'll <laughs> just, just get it later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Jerry kicks the Barbasol can into the ocean and then Yoder catches it before it falls in. And he's like, yeah, I got it. But he had to run over to get it, which obviously alerts him to the T-Rex. Yeah. And it's so, it's so funny to me that they do this. Like they're really building Billy up to be this big asshole villain character. He's trying to kill, he's trying to kill Nima and, then the way he's taken out is this like Looney Tunes style, yeah. <laughs> like oh I got the can, uh oh <laughs> it's right behind me, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what Holds it feels like. Holds up a like. sign, uh oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> so oh I I do want to say I I totally forgot. There's this scene in in this episode earlier. I just want to bring it up because it's like the one time I felt like the them trying to really hit you emotionally really worked. It's when um, Jerry is talking to Nima about uh, her life and her motivations and wanting to uh, give her daughter a better life. Yeah. I felt like that was the one part of this entire narrative that really, really worked the way they wanted it. To. It provides reason for Nima to want the Barbasol can that isn't just like money. Like it's it, yeah, it, the money will do something important. Yeah, and also it's the like the one part of this episode and the last episode when you're able to just kind of stop for a little bit, like you're able to just talk and have a a quiet slow moment. Yeah. So I, I feel like that scene really, really succeeded in ways the rest of this game doesn't necessarily. I think that was actually episode three, but I agree. Uh, that was... Was it? Because they were... No, no, it was... It's episode four. I have it in my notes oh, okay, for episode okay. four. Um, I, I liked the yeah, scene... Yeah, because it's when they get separated. The scene that really worked for me was when Jess was explaining how scuba equipment works to her dad. And she uh, says... Now, don't hyperventilate because that could lead to CO2 poisoning. And then her dad says, CO2 poisoning sounds bad. And Jess says, CO2 poisoning is totally bad. You're right. I feel like they really nailed what they were going for with that one. <laughs> uh, I agree with Jess. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, actually, I am on her side on this. <laughs> actually, definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, we at the Idaho crew have been saying that a lot. That's a that's a little reference for those who want it. Uh, <laughs> so the dinosaur eats Billy Yoder and in a really Which funny so Looney special. Tunes way. <laughs> it's very special. And then um, rather than continuing to freeze, which seemed to work out for them, they decide, okay, now we run. Uh, which I they do that in the movies too. Like someone starts eating the the like the t the T Rex starts eating one of their friends, and they're like, "Now I have to run." It's like, come on, yeah. don't do that. It was working. Yeah, just continue not moving. Yeah, that's that's even beside the pet the fact that I think they found out that that 
strictly was not true about T-Rexes. They could just see things like normal. They did, it wasn't based on <laughs> movement. Um, but even even if you're pretending that was how they worked, like if it if it was working, don't move. D- don't try to run now. It'll leave. I think I think it worked earlier in the game when they were like behind like pillars and stuff. Yeah. I, I think you can kind of bite a little more than if you don't move, but you're also like obscured by something. Yeah, it will definitely stop this T Rex from seeing you. But if you're just like out in the open, it's it's like well. I guess it works in the circumstance of this game, but yeah, there's also this thing of like, what does it mean to be to have vision or motion based vision? Because like, if you move your head, you'll see the parallax of that person standing mm-hmm. in front of the background. So like, you'll yeah. see them move in that way. So you should be able to see things that are standing still, even if you have motion based vision. And you're still like breathing. You're still these characters are still like talking when they're standing still. There's so, still some movement. Yeah, Jerry took the risk of kicking the Barbasol can, which I I thought like immediately. Well, if yeah. you're trying to stay still, like this shouldn't work. But fine, I get I, it. I immediately thought that too. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a big escape the T Rex on the dock, like sort of fight scene end of the thing where it's a lot of quick time events. And the only major choice... So I, I expected a lot more major like story choices in this game. Yeah, I thought this was going to be like Walking Dead. Yeah. But it really is only like Walking Dead in the uh, quick time events and not the parts that actually make Walking Dead cool and fun. Yeah, there there is one. There's one choice here. Uh, Dustin, you want to talk about this choice? No, because okay. I don't remember what it was. I don't re- I don't recall there being any choices. Oh, this so. is this is the big one. This is It gets you a different ending. Um. Okay, I had no idea. Yeah. So tell me. In the middle of the T Rex fight, uh, or, uh-huh. or escape sequence, Jess is hanging on to some rebar. Um, and Nima has the choice to either go save Jess oh. or get the Barbasol can on the ground. Interesting. Okay. Um. Uh, so yeah, tell me about this. I went for I went for Jess. So either way, Jess lives. Um. Okay. But she, like, gets scraped up and she falls to the ground um, if Nima goes for the Barbasol can. Uh, but if she goes for the uh, Barbasol can, the T-Rex eats her. Eats Nina. Nima. Oh, okay. So she, she doesn't uh, do anything. And then at the end of the the episode, like normal, the Hardings get on a boat and they are the only ones left. And... Uh, Jess is like, I can't believe Nina was so shitty to me right at the very end all of a sudden. Uh, and she didn't that... get me. And then uh, Jerry says, well, she had a really hard to- choice to make. Anyway, now we got to... <laughs> we... she, she had a really hard choice to make. She, he says that. <laughs> he really says that. And then... It was you or the can, and it was really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> then he says, okay, well, now we got to go to Costa Rica. I have a promise to a little girl I got to keep. Oh, okay. Uh, so... In that ending, Nima dies, but the Hardings find her daughter, and assumedly he's like, "Well, I already have a lot of sort of not daughters already, so I'll just add it." Um, <laughs> put him on the list. But if Nima goes for Jess instead, the T Rex stomps the Barbasol can, um, mm-hmm. and it you just can't get it anymore. But then Nima gets to live, and Nima gets to be on that boat out of. Isla Nublar. Uh, and right. in that ending, it's revealed that 
the boat they're in was the boat that um was going to pay them for the barbasol so they have the money on the boat so they just have a bunch of money there too awesome yeah (laughs) yeah i i gotta be honest mitch i don't like that okay i i don't like because it feels like it feels like all right this is the good ending this is the bad ending yeah so you did a bad job by choosing this yeah I, I think that's lame. I feel like if you're going to do multiple endings... I like the way Sam and Max Season 3 did it, where you make a choice, and both are, like, good choices, but it does change the ending. Um, with this, it's just like, all right, well, you can do the good thing or the bad thing. You will get an ending, but you should probably feel bad because this character died this time. To be fair, the difference in those endings in Sam and Max Season 3 are so minimal. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I'm not saying that's... This like, is actually, like, a story difference. change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I I still don't like... I don't like being told, like, oh, you fucked up, stupid. You get the bad ending. Yeah, I guess in this, I didn't really feel like it was a bad ending when I got it. I did replay just mm-hmm. from the T-Rex uh, escape sequence so I could do it the other way, so I could see both of them. Um, okay. But I... Uh, it, it felt more like, do you think Nima would do this? Yeah, and I really don't see. I, I think it doesn't work. I feel like, like obviously, she would save the person, and like they spend the whole game making her more sympathetic. You have yeah. that whole scene with her talking to uh, Jerry. I feel like at that point, it would be out of character for her to go for the can and and get eaten and die and just be a shitty person. I feel like that doesn't work. Well, that's Jurassic Park the game. <laughs> That's Jurassic Park the game for you. Uh, that's the whole thing. In Any closing yeah. thoughts before we go into our segments? I mean, I, I said it earlier. It is bad. I don't think it's a good game. But I didn't hate it, and I feel like it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I think that... And like I said, I, I admire it, like, trying to do something different. I do feel like, even though Back to the Future is a better game overall... Mm-hmm. I feel like I left Jurassic Park a little more impressed with what it did. Oh, I wouldn't say that. But I, <laughs> I I think that if this game was the same mechanics as Back to the Future, um, it would be worse. It would be, it would be worse yes. for it. Uh, it. So it's not that I don't... It's not the quick time events that are killing it for me, even though I don't like them. It's more that... Um, this story, if put into the traditional point-and-click adventure mechanics, like it just it doesn't it doesn't fully work. So this uh, this new mechanical system, I can understand why they were excited about this system and why they didn't give up mm-hmm. on it after this game and they kept using it for uh, yeah. Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us because while playing it, it was like, well, if I'm not liking it, it's just not costing me that much it's yeah it's it's going by so fast it's going by so breezy it's it's just it's just not like attacking me that hard (laughs) Mm -hmm. um it's just watching a movie and like yeah and it's so weird because i I forget what it was but we were discussing like whether or not it was better like how many other telltale games that we've played is it better than oh yeah and Mm -hmm. At the time, I, I kind of felt like, 
Well, I'd still put this near the bottom. I would put it above CSI and maybe that's it. Yep. But I don't know because it, it's such a weird mixed bag because like, I feel like I feel like it's better and bigger than the Bone Yeah, games. I think it's better than Bone. Well, at, at the same time, I would much rather be playing Bone. Like I would rather, I'm more interested in those characters in that world than I am Jurassic Park, even if I think Jurassic Park overall is better than those. Yeah, with so many of their other games, it, it's important to remember that they did not make the characters. These are already proven yeah. good characters that people like already. So, mm-hmm. like, if the characters in Bone were bad, they wouldn't make the game. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas in Jurassic Park, like, the world of Jurassic Park, and this is, to be fair, it, it, it is true that it's the world of Jurassic Park that matters and not the characters... But it mm-hmm. does mean that, like, okay, so your characters might not work. And I think they largely don't. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I can't think of, like, even Nima, who I would say is probably the best of the bunch. Even she is, like, she has really shitty moments. Yeah, and she's she's clearly the one given the most TLC. Uh, she has that the the cold open at the beginning of episode one she has the choice at the end of episode four she's got the most dynamic uh character growth throughout the all four episodes uh she's always in the center of the action um and so she she works in a way that like if this was a back to the future sam and max whatever style regular point and click adventure and you were nema and they focus the story a lot more around Nima. That would be that would potentially be a it could be a direction. It could be a good game. It would be a different story. It ha- yeah. it would have to be a different story. But this ensemble yeah. I, approach did not do it for me. It's weird. I don't think. I feel like, as a concept, being an ensemble cast that you're like switching between multiple characters. I feel like that could be something cool for games like this. But just most of these characters don't work. And I don't yeah. want to be them. Yeah, like like if you were sometimes like Marty the Hardings and are just Doc, nothing characters. Great, I think. Oh yeah, that that would have been cool. But like the Hardings are nothing character. I don't want to play as them. And like Yoder sucks. <laughs> Yoder uh, Yoder sucks. In I think new Yoder ways sucks in a episode. funny way. <laughs> yeah, I I think Yoder's kind of like uh, kind of like our boy at the beginning of episode one, Miles Chadwick. He's different. He's different because Miles Chadwick sucks so much that it's impressive. (laughs) And Yoder just kind of sucks regularly. It makes me go all the way back around to kind of liking him. Yoder sucks, but it is kind of in that same, like, almost cartoonish kind of way where he's just, like, saying all these stupid quips. (laughs) He's like, like, you're in danger at the dinosaurs. And he's like, dinosaurs, huh? Boy, I hate these guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. More like sore... I'll make them sore. <laughs> one, one of the achievements for this game that I got is... Uh, I, I forget what the context was. I think it was when uh, they were throwing the flares at the dinosaurs. But the achievements... Uh, Yoder? More like Exploder. I, I, I got that one and I definitely noted it as well. <laughs> that one's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yoder does have my favorite line in the whole game, though. Um Oh, what is it? Uh, there, it's when they find decaf as a nest, and Doctor Sorkin is looking over decaf, and he's uh, she's saying, "Well, it looks like the dinosaurs have 
laid eggs in his abdomen. And then Yoder goes, and it's the most genuine anything he's ever said. He's like, what? What? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's so taken aback. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I did have a good time. I think I had a better time talking about this game than I did playing it. Yeah, yeah, and you know we've done that before. Even that last episode's, games. yeah, but that last episode is so crazy. But when I was playing it, none of it sunk in. I think when I was playing it, I was just like, "I, all right, I'm almost done. I'll just plow through this, and then I can play more Pokemon." <laughs> but now talking about it, I'm like, "So this episode's banana Looney Tunes. This is crazy." Yeah, I think it is. It, it is. I don't know how biased we are, but it's not zero. Um. Some yeah. of the badness that uh, that we experienced in this game is simply that it wasn't Legends Arceus and we wanted it to be that. <laughs> so yeah, so that that's like, some I, of I, the problem. I I feel like my opinions on it would be the same either way, but I was the whole time it was like, you know, you know what, Arceus is a good motivator. Yeah. to get me to finish it and play it. So uh, we had a bit of a miscommunication for segments. So let's hop into segments and explain what we had. Uh, okay. So we. Earlier, we, we decided because this game doesn't have pickup items, I guess like the potent pickup is the bar, the Barbasol can. There's no, it's not interesting. Uh, and this game doesn't really have like funny lines or anything, so we're not doing linguistic gymnastics either. Uh, except for what? Except for, what? <laughs> 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 he's like eggs in his abdomen. What? What? <laughs> I guess that would be the right reaction to have. To it was a like really that. good line read on a single word. It's, that's yeah. hard to do uh well your friend that you thought was dead is actually alive but not really she said he was like paralyzed and practically brain dead. yeah so then she follows up with oh yeah and uh he has eggs in him what? i guess i <laughs> i guess that would be how i would react too yeah and also they don't okay sorry sorry to we were gonna hop into segments but one thing is that i thought for sure someone specifically yoder was going to shoot decaf in the head because like he shouldn't be alive for this. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll get to... We haven't gotten to Walking Dead yet, but... They let him go. They, they let him just... Yeah, they, they decided to just leave him there to be egg fertilizer. Yeah, his, like, intestines are strewn out, and then his eyes look around the room. Like, his eyes notice you when you walk by. Um, kill yeah. this guy. Do not let... Yeah, put him out of his mi- misery. There's no way to fix it. He's got eggs I in his guess, abdomen. <laughs> I guess when you're like going up against dinosaurs, you kind of got to save your bullets for other things. No, you got to spend one on this. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm sorry. You got to do it. Or, yeah. Or, or like, you know, do it somehow. I If you can't spare, spare the bullet, don't leave this guy. Oh my God, this sucks. <laughs> just, yeah, just say your goodbyes. Yeah, if there's any consolation, I guess he got nuked. <laughs> yeah so there's no chance of him coming back as a zombie uh so the segment thing the miscommunication that we had was because we were doing them all for one episode uh we, we had a different one of us which is me did weekly guys and golden moments for each episode of the game and dustin you did uh a weekly guy and a golden moment for uh the, the, the whole, whole game. thing but but I'm gonna tell you this, Mitch. I'm gonna try to come up w- with one for each. I think I can do it. Okay. So my I think I can meet you on. You want to start with weekly guys then? Yes. 
So, well, what do you want to do? You want to do all weekly guys, or do you just want to go episode by episode, uh, both for each? Let's let's do all weekly guys in a row, and then do all golden moments. Okay. So, so okay. the weekly guy for episode one for me was definitely Miles Chadwick. Yeah, there's just no, there's no arguing. What an amazing! You sold me on him. Yeah, what an amazing prick! That guy sucks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, I should do the talk. Yeah, both my weekly and unweekly guy. Um, uh, I I guess it's fine since he dies. I feel like if he were like a major character, he'd probably get old. But he he comes in, he makes his presence, he dies, and that's it. Episode two, I have Oscar with a question mark. Oscar. Um. Just, just, uh, some, he, he has, he makes a strong entrance, I think. Yeah, I'm gonna say Dr. Sorkin, just because, like you said, she ha- has a very good vocal performance. I think this episode, I, I specifically have it down in my notes, I hate all these characters. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, Nima's cool, Nima's fine, but this episode, she's at her worst when she's holding them hostage. So I was like, oh, I guess I don't like this person, actually. Yeah. Uh, in episode three, the depths. The, my weekly guy is definitely Oscar. Oscar with a period yeah. rather than a question mark. Yeah, same. I've, Oscar does a great job in this episode. And episode four, I have Sorkin. I think that her her weird he- heel turn is sort of hypnotizing. <laughs> it's it's at least slightly more believable than Yoder's. Well, I don't know about that. Letting the Mosasaur go is so <laughs> stupid, but. I guess that's true. I forgot about everything she did. Never mind. <laughs> uh, both both Billy Yoder and Sorkin are just like the, they're baffling characters. I, I have I have Sorkin for a reason that's connected to my golden moment in episode four, but um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's the, the the heel turns on these characters are out of nowhere in a way that is uh, very campy and fun compared to the rest of the story, and I, yeah. I kind of liked that. It, it kind of feels like it's like, oh, shit, we really didn't do anything in the last episode. <laughs> Let's do it all in this one. Yeah. Um, so do you have a weekly guy for the full game? I'm I'm going to say Nima, I guess, yeah. is what I put Me down too. for the whole game. Because, like, she does have the strongest presence. Even if she was shitty in episode two, I, I feel like her motivations make sense. Uh, she has that great scene in episode four. Uh, yeah, like you said, if she were, like, the star of, like, a traditional point-and-click, I think she would be a pretty strong one. I think she'd be a memorable, uh, main character. Um, so, I agree, and, uh, I, I think that's also the case for me. Even though she didn't win any of the individual episodes, um... Yeah. I, I think j- just throughout the story, she has a really no. good arc. Well, I, I didn't say my character for episode four. Oh, yeah, sorry, who is it? I was gonna s- I was gonna say her for episode. Oh, four, okay, yeah. Probably. I think she—that's the—that's the time to do it. I'm sorry, I made you a liar. Yeah, it's okay. I'm just a liar anyway. <laughs> um, Better luck next time. I'm looking at my individual golden moments for each episode, and I don't think it's interesting enough to go through. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, I'll, um, I will. I will take a. The one exception to that is episode three, where my golden moment is definitely eggs in the abdomen. <laughs> Uh, See, I I gave it to Oscar Sacrifice for that episode. I felt like that uh, that hit. I was like, oh, good good job, Oscar. You you did it. You see, I liked that, but I couldn't stop thinking like, there's got to be other ways out <laughs> of this could... room. 
Uh, that's true. So I, I I was a little hung up on that, but I think it was a good scene. You're right. I, I I'm gonna try to come up with a golden moment for each episode. I think in okay. the first episode, it's not a huge scene, but I do like when you first see the triceratops on the road, like eating the thing. I feel like it, it's just a nice little scene where like Jessica wants to come up and pet the triceratops. It's not hurting anybody. It's just trying to eat. I felt like it was a good introduction to uh, herbivore dinosaur dinosaurs where they're not trying to kill you for once. Yeah, you know what? I'll, if we're going to go through each one, I'll, I'll do my golden moments as well. So my golden moment for episode one is when Nima finds Nedry's glasses in the mud. And mm-hmm. she picks them up and she goes, glasses. Oh, blind in the dark. And just that, just that <laughs> line of like... Uh, I bet he needed these to see. Yeah, just really emphasize, empathizing <laughs> with Nedry. It was it was like, whoa! No one's ever cared about Nedry before. What a what a what a very human moment. Like feeling sad for him because he was blind in the dark. That's that's interesting. That's a that's a very human thing. I wonder if she would have still been sympathetic for him if she saw him and said, "Oh, you're Newman." <laughs> oh, I know. I like Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, thanks. <laughs> oh, wait night, right? Love that. Yeah, I died. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wayne Knight's great. Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, so episode two, what you got? Episode two... Uh... Mine is the way that Decaf gets knocked out. Because he steers the helicopter really fast, forcing his own head <laughs> against the side of the helicopter, and then gets knocked out from that. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'll agree with you because I really don't have any golden moment for this episode. I can't think of like anything that stood out about this one. Um, yeah, I mean the roller coasters. I think it's they want me to say the roller coaster is my golden moment. <laughs> they want you to say it, but there's no way you're gonna say it's, it. It's not like it's far from my golden. It's just no. It's my note for that scene is the part with the cars isn't hard, but it's boring and lame. <laughs> Well, yeah, I meant writing the because like you get the idea. Not the con- oh, I I thought you meant the puzzle with getting all the cars on the track. No, I'm I mean like writing it is that's what they want me to say is the golden moment. Okay, yeah, I guess that would make more sense than the puzzle with getting the cars on the track. Yeah, I think they know that's bad. <laughs> They're like, look, just get to this and you can go on a roller coaster. Yeah. Um. You gotta eat your vegetables before you can have dessert. Yeah, you you don't have anything else for that episode. I guess not. I can't think of anything. This is the episode where I wrote down I miss Sam and Max. Aww. Episode three <laughs> golden moment was eggs in the abdomen, hard to beat. Yeah, I said mine was the Oscar sacrifice, but I would definitely say those are both the two. And episode four, a lot of interesting moments here. Uh, could, <laughs> could you possibly pick between all of them? Yes, I'm going to say the scene I brought up earlier where Nima is talking to Jerry and telling him about her uh, her plans and her motivation. Just Like I said, I feel like that's like one of the only times where they hit an emotional moment and it works. I was like, yes, I am on your side. I get this. This is effective and I, and I like it. So the thing I have written down is the whole Billy Yoder heel turn, both the moment underwater <laughs> and then also when you swim up to meet him again um yeah he's he's wacky yeah but i you know thinking more about it i don't know how much i actually like that and i i i much i would much rather give it to the moment 
where Dr. Sorkin falls in the water. And the way the Mosasaur eats her is like, it slams her against a ladder crazy hard. And yeah, and then just drags her and just Yeah, and then she's just gone. It feels like the animation of Smiling Friends a little bit. Where it's just like, <laughs> they, do, they have two frames and they're going to use them. They, <laughs> they're going to do the fastest movement you've ever seen. <laughs> and then it's just gone. Yeah, I like when uh, when Jerry told Jessica that the Renaissance men were coming to town. <laughs> they were just coming to town. I don't, I, there they are. That's as much as I know about it. Just <laughs> <laughs> I love at the end when they're arguing about it and then they just drop it. They're like both so frustrated. Pim's like, all right. Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting? I'm going to be doing a podcast about Smiling Friends tomorrow night. Cool. You should bring up uh, Jurassic Park just Jurassic a little Park, bit. Just to be fair. In that yeah, one. Just to be fair. We, yeah, because we talked about <laughs> Smiling Friends in this one. Yeah, gotta balance it out. Um Yeah, so that's that's been the episode. What are we doing next week, Dustin? Well, why don't you say are the are the plans what we had talked about before still in place? I don't know if you if you were still wanting to go down that route. I obviously am. Yeah, I'm I'm down if you are. Um Awesome. In that case, uh we're gonna be starting The Walking Dead Ooh, season one. It's been a long way coming. I feel like this podcast was designed for this next episode. I'm I'm very excited. This was the game where like I went in thinking I'm I'm not gonna like this. I don't give a shit about The Walking Dead. And I'm by the time it was I was near the end, I was like, I finished episode four and I was like, I gotta play episode five right now. Yeah. Um, the Walking Dead season one in the year I believe 2012 won a lot of Game of the Year awards. Uh, yeah. Out of everything. Out out of everything it, in the industry. It, it really is the telltale turning point. Yeah, it, it, it and for it to be so similar to Jurassic Park and for the the gulf in quality to be or the gulf in perceived quality at least to be so big is very interesting to me. I'm very excited to play it. Yeah. I never gave this series a chance. I did play this ep- this first episode before, but it was a long time and I don't even know if I 100% finished the episode. I like Yeah, I I got to say I wrote it down in my notes. Uh this game, this whole game, made me appreciate Walking Dead a lot more. As a franchise? In retrospect. No, well, just the Telltale. Oh, oh Jurassic Park series. made you appreciate The Walking Dead. Jurassic Park gotcha. made me, yeah, made me appreciate what? Did I say Walking Dead made me appreciate Walking no, Dead? No, I think you just didn't say it, so I was I was confused. So, but, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just, like, the huge step up. And it still does, like, a lot of the things Jurassic Park does, but it just does them in much better ways that it really works. For, for me, anyway, and I'm very interested. I think this is the game I was most interested in hearing your opinion on. Jurassic Park or Walking Dead? <laughs> Walking Dead. <laughs> okay. I guess I should have said it that time. Uh, but, yeah, I'm very interested in getting into this. Yeah, one. I think it's... It, especially now having played Jurassic Park... I appreciate the boldness of receiving the ne- the criticism and then coming around and saying, no, we're going to do it this way still. Like, we have an idea yeah, for this. Yeah, we got this. We, we really believe Don't in this Don't worry about it. Um, so, I think we... We, <laughs> we talked about this before we started recording as well. Uh, when we were doing Back to the Future, we kind of felt like, okay, this is the beginning of Arc 2. But Back to the Future was so similar to other things in comparison to this 
it it really it felt like the ending of arc one rather than the beginning of arc two yeah so so maybe this episode this extra long jurassic park all in one episode is the real beginning of arc two of this podcast i think i think that's a great idea i feel like it it uh it, it feels right yeah maybe it deserves a different theme song the listener you'll oh. know if i did that or not <laughs> i guess we'll see i can't imagine i did <laughs> um, i to be to be fair i didn't even imagine i i haven't listened to these episodes after they go up because i experienced them i didn't even expect you to do a theme song at all uh it's it's from the remaster of sam and max save the world oh awesome yeah. maybe i'll listen yeah to i mean listen to one of them jesus <laughs> <laughs> like well you know it's like been there done that i get it <laughs> all right fine <laughs> you've never listened to a single episode of this show not a single jeez <laughs> no no i i feel like that's common i feel like it's common for people to make something and then they're done with yeah it. Like they put it out there for other people to enjoy they've already experienced all of it. no i mean after i edit after i edit them i don't often listen but i have like once it's <laughs> we've done <laughs> well we've done 30 something episodes of the show like i've done i've done it once yeah <laughs> to be to be fair uh my roommate adam who's a friend of ours i listen to him listening to it every now and then and i think oh i sound like that jesus oh yeah i no one likes their own voice on recording yeah. Um, but next is The Walking Dead Season 1, and after The Walking Dead Season 1, we gotta pay our taxes. <laughs> oh, no. And Don't tell yeah, me. I think it's time. I think we gotta do it then. Are we jumping back into the world of CSI We are afterwards? jumping back. After Walking Dead Season 1. Uh, after, after their most critically acclaimed Game of the Year game. We'll need a palate cleanser. <laughs> look this is a little too good i'm gonna have and to we'll, be, we'll play telltale's second csi game csi Ugh. hard evidence and i assume that we'll break it up into two episodes like we did the other csi game it'll be great it'll be great it'll be, <laughs> we'll have a great time it'll be wonderful it'll be tremongous miss america so uh that's our show dustin where can people find you people can find me on the internet at amazing dj dustin both on twitter and instagram mitch where can i find you on this big old internet of you can ours? find me on twitter uh at the wolf fm that's at sign t-h-e-w-o-l-f-e-f-m and until next time see you later good good goodbye <laughs>